welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hiya. Hey, how are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, not too bad, thank you. Good, good. I'm just, just sort of counting down the days to uh, to uh, GP London, Magic Fest London, whatever you want to Why call it. Why not both? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Magic, I think yeah. it's Ma- Magic Fest Plus. Is that the the official title? Because it has a Mythic Championship there. Yeah, because I'm also excited to like go and see the Mythic Championship in some capacity as well. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah, I'm just counting down the days until I can go play Magic for four days. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent the same. It's it's getting closer, <clears throat> definitely. Yeah, so so every day is just sort of like oh, I'm not there yet. I'm gonna have to you know, get up and go to work and do all these things I don't want to be doing that aren't just like playing Magic. So. Um, yeah, not too bad. How are you? Awesome. Yeah, I'm not bad. Not bad at all. Again, just also really looking forward to getting away to play some Magic for the weekend. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't really been playing a lot of Magic myself recently, but I've been certainly keeping my eyes open on the spoilers. Uh, and I know we're going to oh, talk, talk a lot about all of the just amazing cards we've seen so far this week. Yeah, we're going to do a Planeswalker heavy episode. Yeah. Uh, with all 35 that we currently have spoiled which as a time of recording does include some ones that have been leaked yes and not officially spoiled um i guess in case that's not something people want to listen to yeah um because you know the, the leaks have been have been crappy right oh yeah absolutely um every card that, the, that, that's leaked is you know it's, it's somebody's preview card and mm-hmm. like I know, if if we had a preview card and somebody had leaked it like a week or two early, I would be I'd be devastated to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Like it's 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 really bad for those people. It's, it's a really crappy thing to be doing, um, especially if it's something like really important, like it's the you know the nickel bottles planes to walker that was that was leaked. It's like having a preview card is 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 one thing, and like that's a really important and exciting thing for for a content creator. But for if if it was like you know the lead mythic of the set or something like that, like you can only imagine how how terrible that would make you feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we are we are going to cover them because they're cards that exist, and you know it's 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 unreasonable to just sort of ignore that these cards are here. Yeah, and I you mean, know, they'll probably all be released by the time this episode comes out anyway. Yeah, hopefully, because you know the the pre-release is coming up very quickly. Yeah. Um, so we have we're missing two at the moment that we're not going to cover today, um, which are Narset, yeah, which we're assuming is a mono blue uncommon. And Hwatli, which we're assuming is the green white uncommon. Yeah. But we have every other one that we're going to talk about in some capacity or the other, whether they're good or bad. And I think this is going to be potentially a long episode. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> if we're planning to cover all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, some of my notes aren't exactly fleshed out for some of them because they're quite sort of simplistic. Yeah. But other ones I have a lot of things to say, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think that there are some I am more excited about than others. Uh, and. I'm sure that'll become apparent in uh, when it comes to talking about them. Yeah, there's a couple that I know that you're incredibly excited <laughs> yeah. about um, um, that you've been sort of hinting that you're going to go off about. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess the sooner we sort of get involved, the better, right? Yeah, I say so. So, should we, we jump right in? Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. So, first up, we have Teo the Shield Mage. It's two and a white for a legendary planeswalker. Teo uh, has a static ability which says, You have hexproof. Uh, you can minus two, create a zero three white wall creature token with defender, and Teo has five loyalty. This seems just uh, I like this card quite a bit. Oh yeah, I think I think so. Like it, it's I don't know. I like the design of it. I think it might have some application. The fact that it you know it's a three mana 
ley line of sanctity yeah. is interesting. Um, so the problem is finding out where it's going to fit, right? Because it's like some kind of mono, like the current mono white decks that we have aren't going to find it use for this card. Oh, yeah, um, no way. Uh, it's sort of, it seems like a kind of card that stops aggro decks, right? So they can't lightning strike you or shock you or whatever. Yeah. And O3 blocks most of their creatures outside of like Chain Whirler. Yeah. Um, so it's good in that capacity, like, but I'm not sure it actually makes it for constructed currently. Yeah, like qu- quite possibly. At the most, it's a two of in the mono white sideboard. I think. I think there's probably a strong argument to bring it in against like the mono red deck, uh, mm-hmm. or any of the control decks that have like uh, like targeted like hand disruption. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you bring it in against that, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a great, great card, personally. Yeah, I, I, I may have overstated when I said I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I think it's a cool design for a card. I like, I like that, it, like, it's a shield mage that is just, you know, making loads of shields. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's, it's kind a of nice flavor win, definitely. Absolutely, it's kind of disappointing that like a brand new character that we're all excited to see is kind of got a mopey card. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's. I mean, like, I like it, but it's probably not going to be constructed playable. It's also probably not great and limited. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's it's great and limited either. Like we haven't seen anything to suggest that it's going to be anything like uh, like the high alert deck or uh, some mm-hmm. sort of like creatures with defender can a, can attack deck. Um so I yeah, I just think paying 3 mana to make two zero three defenders it just doesn't seem great, right? No, I mean, there's probably someone that's going to play it in the Arcades High Alert standard deck. Oh, yeah, they like sure. playing. Maybe sweet there, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this card isn't great, but I I like I, I like the design at least. Yeah, new characters are always exciting, and I'm I'm all for sort of pushing the the boundaries of, of what Planeswalkers sort of look like, and I think especially for an uncommon Planeswalker, this this is probably acceptable, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this this is one of the things that's been that's been sort of interesting and, and fun to to try and pass with with all the the uncommon planeswalkers. It's like like I mentioned last week, like trying to evaluate them yeah. on um, in terms because I've been trying to evaluate them as planeswalkers, uh, which are you know historically mythic bombs that are very very good. Um, and these are, I think some some of them certainly are bombs. Yeah, yeah. But they're they're not sort of obviously of the, the mythic power level, so you, you sort of have to uh, um, assessing them has been has been different to assessing planeswalkers previously and it's more that they're exciting characters and, and cool cards because they're still planeswalkers rather than they're exciting cards to be playing with yeah anything, i think um awesome so cool. teo next up we have mm-hmm. sahili sublime artificer that is one hybrid hybrid that's a blue red or blue red for a legendary planeswalker sahili um, Sahili comes in with 5 loyalty has a static ability of whenever you cast a non-creature spell create a 1-1 one, one colourless servo artifact creature token and a minus 2 target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until end of turn except it's an artifact in addition to its other types now this one I actually do like yeah. <laughs> this card's actually good um, so this is obviously reminiscent of something like Murmuring Mystic yeah. which we currently have in standard um, stuff like um Young Pyromancer. Uh, yeah, Young Pyromancer, Tarrand, Monastery Mentor, yeah. stuff like that. Um, more similar to Monastery Mentor in the fact that it's non-creature, not specifically instant or sorcery. Yeah. Um, this seems good, like a, th- a three-mana uh, Planeswalker. That it doesn't it doesn't immediately protect itself, but if you're playing in the kind of deck where you just want to be making making tokens, 
I think there's certainly something here. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the actual minus ability. Like, yeah, what sure. that would be relevant for. Like, turning an artifact into another artifact or a creature. Yeah, um, I, I'm really not sure. I think that's it's something that you you're going to see as we we go through the spoiler like there are a lot of planeswalkers and there've been quite a few cards in in this set and a couple of other other sets in standard currently that do make make references to artifacts quite a lot but mm-hmm. i feel like we we still just haven't got an artifact deck like it's still it's still not a thing so whether whether we get something in the core set or whether we get something a little bit later down the line uh, with these cards still in standard we'll see but there, there definitely are lots of like, lots of things which, which hint at, hint at artifact strategies or artifact decks that I, I just don't think we're there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always the, the nice tinfoil hat theory that we're going to go to Mirrodin soon, right? Yeah, or no, uh, we can Rex, yeah. Sure, yeah, we can we can all hope for that. But like, yeah, it just the, I mean the, the playable artifacts at the moment are just sort of few and far between. Like you have stuff like treasure map. Yeah, which I'm not partic- which I'm not particularly interested in turning one of my artifacts into. Um, I'm just trying to think about playable artifacts that you'd put in a deck with Sahili. Um like stuff like Mox Amber, like turning your Mox Amber into another random creature that you're playing might be quite useful. Yeah, um, stuff like that. Yeah, so I mean, like no, Sorcerer Spyglass maybe is is probably a, mm-hmm. a very playable one at the moment, especially with all of these planeswalkers around. Yeah, absolutely. Like turning like an incidental artifact that you've played into a creature for a turn that can attack. Um, it's probably relevant, but I think certainly the static ability is the most interesting part of this Planeswalker. Yeah, I would agree there, definitely. Yeah. And I think Mox Amber is sort of like a very interesting card in terms of these Uncommon Planeswalkers, because a lot of them are quite cheap. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the three mana is the lowest, I believe. They're all, they're all three mana or yeah, more, right? Are, yeah, three mana or above. But having stuff like that like turns Mox Amber, make, makes Mox Amber a much more interesting card. Um, yeah, potentially. So possible. I, I still don't think it's good enough, but time will <clears> tell, right? I mean, yeah, if there's going to be any kind of card, like... I think Sahili might be interested in that kind of card because it also makes a servo. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then you, you can minus two it to do something, but I haven't quite worked out yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure someone much smarter than me can work out how that minus is actually going to be going to perform in Constructed. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll get to see. So that was Sahili. Yeah. And next up we have Vraska Swarms Eminence. That is two hybrid hybrid. That's called Gauri Colors. Uh, for a legendary planeswalker, Vraska. She comes in with five loyalty. As a static ability of whenever a creature you control with death touch deals damage to a player or planeswalker, put a plus one plus one counter on that creature. Uh, has a minus two, create a one one black assassin creature token with death touch, and whenever this creature deals damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. So it makes creatures with super death touch. Yeah. Um, this is almost certainly not constructed playable. Oh, I, right. I'm not sure. I think if. If Absan tokens is a thing, then like maybe Vraska will see play in that. Uh, it's the fact that she only makes two tokens. Yeah, she makes two tokens herself. But when your creatures deal damage to a player or player's walker, you put a plus one plus one counter on each of them. It seems pretty good, right? Yeah, sure. I just I'm not sure that's the sort of power level you're going for for the for a token strategy. You want yeah. something sort of bigger than that, I think. Um, I mean, like the the current like Selesnya sort of aggro deck is doing a decent impression of tokens, and I think I'm not sure this kind of card fits into that sort of strategy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if like I said, if there is an Abzan token strategy, then yeah, maybe. But I don't, I don't know. I, I think she, <clears throat> I think she seems quite powerful. I think that the the assassins are certainly interested for limited, definitely. 
Uh, mm. I, I think she, pro- she probably is better in limited than constructed, but it would be nice to see to see some constructor playability. Yeah, I think she just falls into the category of one of one of the, these uncommon planeswalkers. Just like this is very much a limited card with a cool design yeah. that isn't isn't going to make it. Um, which is which is most of the uncommon planeswalkers, to be honest. Yeah, that's, um, that's quite true. I, th- I think I just really want to see see some of these uncommon planeswalkers see constructed play. And uh, on on the face of it, to me, Vraska looks like she might almost hit the mark. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. I'm I'm dubious currently, but if if it happens, then uh, then I'll. I'll I'll accept it. Awesome. I'll deal with it if it comes to that. Sweet. Cool. Awesome. So next up then we have Arlen, Voice of the Pack. That is four green green for a legendary planeswalker, Arlen. Uh, Arlen comes in play with seven loyalty counters and she has a static ability. If each creature you control, that's a wolf or a werewolf, enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. And you can minus two to create a two two green wolf creature token. Mm, this isn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems like a sweet limited card. Like it makes three tokens, which will yeah. effectively be three threes. Um, there's not any particular combos in the format. Like I guess it goes well with Tulsimir because Tulsimir cares about wolves and makes a wolf. Um, there are no real wolves in standard that matter. No, I, I was hoping we'd see like a reprint of like Watch Wolf or something, or maybe like Timberfack Wolves, and there would be a an actual limited strategy there but no it just seems like six mana one three three wolf a turn over the next three turns or something uh, i don't mm-hmm. know yeah it, it feels like the the wolf thing the werewolf thing specifically is just five attacks right because it's arlen and she's a werewolf yeah definitely i, mean, I think that the werewolf thing strictly <clears throat> just applies to like commander i i can't i mean maybe there'll be hints of like Innistrad cards in the core set or another plane that might have werewolves but I, yeah I can't imagine us visiting a plane with werewolves anytime soon for this to be relevant and standard yeah I'd be, I'd be surprised um, I'd also like to briefly mention the art mm. right so uh, she uh, Arlen was originally in Shadows of Innistrad right? Uh, yes yeah cool so her original out there she was like meant to be an older character she's yeah. meant to be like in her 40s or 50s like a middle, sort of a middle aged character but in this art she looks about 20 I'm confused yeah, I mean, different artists for a start. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not just like, you know, she she looked 50 in the original art and now she looks 45. It's like, she looked 50 in the original art and now she looks, like, early 20s. It's just sort of confusing. I don't really understand. Yeah, I, I thought mean, maybe there was, like, some kind of law connotation to it. There's, there, there's different art, there's different art direction, and then there's... There is also the the law thing of like when you change plane, you have a slightly different appearance, so you kind of blend in more with that that plane. So maybe maybe sure. that comes into it. Maybe like her age is the same, but that age people who are that age look younger in comparison on, on like Ravnica than people would on Innistrados. I I don't know. I think it. I think it's fine. Like it's you know. How many appearance changes Nickel Bolas had over the past four sets? I mean, yeah, like literally the last arc we've had of him, he looked like a little goblin dude, and now he <laughs> looks like a badass dragon. So, yeah, you make a fair point. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it. I just thought it was. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably more interesting than the actual card's abilities. Yep, yeah, I think I said more about the fact that she looked younger than I did about the actual playability of the card. Yeah, I, I don't think she's great. I don't think she's that particularly good in limited. I don't think you'll mm-hmm. see any constructed play, which is a real shame because I, I think she's a great character. 
Mm-hmm. So I hopefully agree. she survived the war and we'll see her on Innistrad or somewhere else again in the future. Hopefully, yeah. Awesome. So next up, we have everybody's favourite demon. It is <laughs> Tybalt, uh, Rakish Instigator. is two and a red uh, for a legendary planeswalker, Tybalt. He has five loyalty, uh, has a static ability of your opponents can't gain life. And minus two, create a 1-1 red devil creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. He's a devil, right? Not a demon. Uh, he is a devil, yes. Yeah, you said everyone's favourite demon. Well, it's everyone's favourite everyone's favorite everyone's devil. Fa- everyone's favourite devil, sure, sure. <laughs> I'm just being pedantic for no reason. <laughs> um, so this seems good. I like this card quite a lot. Um, it seems like a playable Tibble. Yep, absolutely. Which is interesting. Yeah. Something we've, we've all been asking for. Um, and it feels very similar to the banned card, Rampaging Frostodon. Yep. Right? So, like, that card's banned because it was probably going to make Mono Red too good. Yeah. Um, and that card's a 3 mana 3 3 with Menace that says players can't, opponents can't gain life. Is it players can't gain life or opponents can't gain life? Players can't gain life. Players can't gain life. So, this is actually better. Yeah. Um, your opponents can't gain life and then deals more damage whenever a creature enters the battlefield. This has a similar thing. So, it makes two 1 1. So, it's also able to protect it by himself. Um, he comes in on five, which is which is good for a three mana planeswalker. And then the the devils it creates are like a footlight fiend, right? Yeah. Like, so when they die, they deal one damage. Um, so this seems very very playable. I wouldn't be surprised to see this in the sideboards of mono red decks, if not main decks potentially as a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Because also like because I mean I think I think with a lot of these excuse me a lot of these uncommon planeswalkers is that they have cool effects, but they don't they don't impact the battlefield particularly. Yeah. Whereas this this certainly does because it enters has um, a relevant effect um, and also impacts the board by making a one one, so it protects Tibo or just um, adds to the aggro that you have on the field. Yeah. So I I, I like this quite a lot. I I think this is certainly a consideration for playability. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, I I think at, at the worst you'll see sideboard play. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether you'll see main board play in mono red when you look at like the the creatures that he has to compete with, like Goblin Chainwiller or Tybalt. I think Chainwiller probably just wins every day. Yeah, I'd agree. And you have stuff like even when Chainwiller rotates out, you have stuff like Legion Warboss, which is certainly a, probably a better three drop. I would have thought. Quite possibly, um, yeah. It just seems like yeah, a lot of the a lot of the games that you see mono red lose are when they got their opponent down to like three or two or three life, yeah, and then they managed to stabilize with life gain, yeah. Um, and this just stops that happening, so they have one less out, and and this able is able to just to keep, keep applying the pressure, and you know if they, um, you know ca- cast down the token because it's a threat, then they still have to take one and stuff stuff like that. It's um, it's it's only consideration. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I, I think it's a. Uh... It's a pretty solid sideboard card for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this card a lot. Awesome, good to be back, Tybalt. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, another character who I'm I'm personally very excited is returning is uh, Obnixilus the Hate Twisted. Is three black black for a legendary planeswalker Nixilus. Uh, he comes in with five loyalty, has the static ability of whenever an opponent draws a card, Obnixilus the Hate Twisted deals one damage to that player. And has minus two destroy target creature. Its controller draws two cards. So on my notes for this card, I have simply written the word whatever, <laughs> and I I think that's a reasonable thing to write. Quite possibly. I don't know, man. I I, I think this card's weird. Yeah, it is a very strange card. I like that about it a lot. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I like the fact that its static ability is Underworld Dreams. It's a card that I love from uh, from old school, but whether or not mm-hmm. that actually translated into anything. 
As far as current standard goes, I really don't think so. I yeah. like the minus two ability because it says destroy target creature. It doesn't specify your opponent's country creature. So yep. if you have like obviously the the ideal thing would be if you have like a like an afterlife creature or something, so you post combat you destroy that and then you get a afterlife token and then you draw two cards. Like that seems pretty cool, but mm-hmm. paying five mana to do that just, just seems like too much. Like I wish Omnixless had cost cost like three mana with four loyalty or like four four mana even with a five loyalty would have been yeah. would have been so much better. Yeah, I think like if it was like a three mana with four loyal or something like that, it would be like an interesting sort of aristocrat yeah, style card for, sure. for for a deck that I think has been like in in waiting to to get some playable cards in standard. But like that's the thing with, with the minus, it's like destroy target creatures, controller draws two cards, which is obviously like you know so that affects the static ability that it has. So your opponent gets to draw two cards, but they get to take two life. Yeah, um, and that that's kind of crap because you know people are happy to take two life to draw two cards yeah. that seems like a reasonable exchange <laughs> and they obviously like yeah that's that's the joke and you can like target your own creature and draw two cards but that doesn't seem great on a five mana planeswalker yeah for sure like again I feel like it's it's one that while the card itself might not be that great I think it is quite a quite a nice flavour win like Obnixilus doesn't really care you know whose side he's on he's just he's just there destroying things and hurting people yeah so when you minus two you have to target a pigeon right yeah <laughs> he's blowing up pigeons um yeah i think it's like it's 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 only um probably reasonable in limited because it's a five mana repeatable removal spell yeah for sure and having your opponent draw two cards unlimited is less of a downside mm, um possibly yeah, that's the that's the that's the thing. It's like repeatable removal is really good, but making your opponent over two turns draw four cards, even if they're losing four life for the privilege, you'd have to have a really aggressive deck to capitalize on the fact they're losing life. Yeah, um, but but then on, then on the flip side, like if you're you know if you are in desperate straits and you need an out, sacrifice one of your creatures and draw two cards. Like that seems good. I think yeah, it, I sure. think it's, it's just a very strange card that is going to lead to a lot of interesting lines of play. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I yeah, this card isn't playable constructed though, obviously. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's up next list. Uh, next up we have another brand new character. Uh, we have Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage. That is two and a black for a legendary planeswalker, Davriel. Uh, he comes in with three loyalty, has a static ability of at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep. If that player has one or fewer cards in hand, Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage, deals two damage to them. And has a minus one, target player discards a card. This is cool. This yeah. is like, so this is reminiscent of like the rack or shrieking affliction stuff yeah. like that. Um, that currently, but well, I say played in modern are legal in modern, and people who built decks around them. Um, and then obviously has like you know um, a discard outlet, well not outlet, but a, a discard ability built in, which is cool. So obviously that plays into the stack ability. Yeah. Um, I'm, this is crap and limited. I think. Um, I mean, wait, it, is it? Yeah, mm. it's, it's it's fine. Like discard a card, deal two. Yeah. yeah, like I, it, it's probably fine. Yeah, it is probably fine. Um, like you get to make them just have three cards over three turns for three mana. Yeah, that seems okay. Um, I think I don't. I'd be surprised if this was playable in standard because this isn't what standard is about. Um, I don't think. Um, but it's interesting for modern, like a combination of like 
Liliana and this, and then obviously you like add the rack in there and stuff like yeah. that. Like it's, a, it's certainly interesting. Yeah, um, definitely. It could, it could easily be be a twelve rack deck now, I guess. Sure, it's just it's, it's deciding what kind of cards you want to take out of the deck to, to make space for this because yeah. obviously you have like four thought seizures, four inquisitions, um, then like the racks, the shrieking affliction of the Lilianas. And you have to have removal spells and stuff like that. So like finding room for this kind of card is is, is difficult, but I think it's it's certainly interesting. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I can't. It, it's not a card I can see myself playing in a new constructed format, but mm-hmm. I, I will definitely be interested to to see those decks. Like if if it is playable, I know a lot of people are are excited to play it in that kind of deck. Mm-hmm, yeah, I, I think that's fine. I'm not sure if it like. Because those decks haven't been particularly good in modern for a while, I'm not sure whether this is the card that sort of pushes it over the top or anything yeah. like that. But it's certainly it's certainly interesting. Yeah, um, for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it in a couple of copies and some seventy fives. Yeah, I certainly think that Davriel's card as their sort of premier card is is it's definitely more exciting than Teo for sure. So that, that's a, that's a plus as well, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, like both of them sort of you know they show what the character's about. Yeah. They're, they're very obvious, but I mean this this certainly has more. Not not many, but but, but more constructed um, implications than, yeah. than Teo. For sure, agreed there. Mm-hmm. Cool. So next up, we have Kiora, Behemoth Beckner. That is two and a hybrid. That's a Simic hybrid for a legendary planeswalker, Kiora. Uh, Kiora comes in with seven loyalty, uh, three three mana, seven loyalty planeswalker already. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, she has a static ability of whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control draw a card and then has minus one untap target permanent so this is interesting yeah. i this seems like the kind of a kind of a combo card right yeah for sure it seems like there's some there's some combo nonsense somewhere that i am again not smart enough to work out um it feels like the stack ability is just sort of like kiora flavor text yeah if that makes sense i think the fact this is three mana planeswalker it comes with the seventh loyalty that seven times assuming she doesn't you know die um can untap a permanent is is certainly the interesting part of this card. The fact that it, whenever a creature with powerful gray is about to draw a card, it like that that's just Cura. That, it has to sound like that to be Cura and yeah. to be a behemoth beckoner. Um, but this is an interesting. Like I was saying with um, with Sahili before, this seems like this seems interesting with Mox Amber, right? Because you can untap Mox Amber and stuff like that. Like this, got to be something there. We also have um, Itlamok. Yeah, the flip the flip card from Ixlan. This is a guy's cradle. Um, the fact that it can untap that is certainly interesting. Mm, um, like uh, obviously Garrick, what's the first Garrick called? I've played that card so much. Uh, uh, four four Garrick that untaps two lands as a plus. I can't remember another one. You yeah, that, know, yeah, yeah, that that one. Um, that was obviously like very very playable um and this has similar implications the fact that it's permanent is certainly interesting yeah definitely some kind of ramp strategy could be um could be potential for this card um i think my favorite my favorite app- potential application is is you saying it can untap time vault and yes. vintage <laughs> yeah you can um, untap you get seven turns out of it out of it with time vault which is pretty sweet also pitches to force a will as well which is nice <laughs> yeah uh, whenever like was, a creature of power four great enters the battlefield into your control draw a card so you can untap your time vault with Kiora while you tinker for your blight steel and then draw a card yeah that's some combo yeah I think like go. honestly so when you first sent me that message I was like oh that's that's very funny good joke I was like that's not unreasonable yeah like, I've seen the worse fa- things exactly like whenever a card's like 
this seems powerful but unplayable. It normally turns me vintage, right? Yeah, untapped target permanent. So that's sure. Yeah, it's time vault, but it also could just be like Talarian Academy, and you go off with PO. Yeah, exactly. Like, and the, the fact that it's a blue card you can pitch to force is is certainly not uh, unimportant. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe we like thinking a little bit too hard, but like, there's there's certainly potential there. Yeah, for sure. Like um, at the very worst, like you're going to activate it after combat to give one of your creatures pseudo vigilance. Yeah, but which, which is, is fine. Certainly, especially if those creatures have power four or greater. Yeah, there's some kind of like bigger monster deck. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's hybrid means it can go into like your gruel decks or something like that. If a gruel yeah. monsters deck like properly probably takes it because the gruel decks at the moment have just been sort of extensions of the the mono red deck, right? Yeah. But if it's like properly a gruel monsters deck that's like topping out Carnage Tower and stuff, this could certainly be interesting as an engine. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I, like I think it is, is just a really interesting card like like either the, the, like the applications that they think for it are doing stuff that are either completely just broken magic Christmas land or just kind of like meh and useless and there just doesn't seem to be somewhere in between I feel like that usually indicates that somebody who's a lot better at the game than myself will break this card and it's going to be really cool to watch that happen yeah I agree awesome. I think that's that sounds reasonable awesome that was Kiora, Behemoth Beckoner. Next up, we have another new character. We have the Wanderer. Does that count as a new character if we don't know who it is? That's a good question. It's not <laughs> Elspeth. <laughs> it might be, you don't know. Oh, it's not Elspeth. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm, yeah, it's not Elspeth. <laughs> so the Wanderer is uh, three and a white for a legendary planeswalker. Notice that there is no character name there. Mm-hmm. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to you and other permanents you control is the Wanderer's static ability. They come in with 5 loyalty and have a minus 2 exile target creature with power 4 or greater. Which is historically an Elspeth ability. <sighs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do this just to annoy you. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I we don't know it's not Elspeth, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you okay. don't. We, we, we don't know it's not Elspeth. You don't I, I don't. Th- I really don't think it's Elspeth. You don't know it's not Emrakul. Uh, yeah, I, I personally, I think it's more likely to be Emrakul than Elspeth. But you don't know it's not Ugin. That is also valid. I mean, we have an Ugin card, but you don't know it's not Ugin as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's the most interesting thing we have to say about this card, right? <laughs> the, the nonsense to, to do with its identity. Like, I don't know. This card's prevent uh, all non-combat damage to be dealt to other permits you control. Like. Turns off lightning strikes and shocks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like that's about it. Yeah, like four mana, four mana exile target creature power four greater, and then possibly do it again another turn further down the line is is fine. Uh, like just probably like a, I want to see like a B minus or something in limited. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then sounds reasonable. most likely won't see any playing constructed this is the thing it's like so the cards that say exile or destroy type creature with power 4 or greater in limited are normally not that playable you sort of play them as a one of um, to deal with some stuff based on the cards I'm seeing currently they don't, that doesn't seem to be that relevant in this limited format yeah for sure there aren't that many big powered creatures um, yeah but so I, I, do, I do think the, yeah, I do think the static ability is very um it's very relevant in this limited format because there's a lot of like one red instant deal x damage to creatures or whatever sure but i mean that that means that means this card's only 
only relevant against like red decks, right? That's that's the thing. It's like the the static ability is like all about because I mean normally that's gonna be a red a red instant or sorcery spell that's dealing damage, right? Yeah. Dealing non combat damage, and then the the minus that exiles a big big creature is normally like a green or potentially like blue thing. Yeah, it seems weird. Like you're playing the like it's it's it sort of functions like it seems like a, a split split card design sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, this card doesn't seem good to me. No, I, I I agree. I think the the character is quite interesting, and I, mm-hmm. I can't wait till we learn something, anything <laughs> at all about yeah. them, about who they are. Definitely not Elspeth, but we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. When we find out the identity, like I think I think that'll be more interesting. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of hope it's just Urzet, to be honest. Yeah, sure. We we Mario I... crossover now. You don't know it's not Urza. <laughs> exactly. Is, there is a conical it. hat. Yeah, exactly. It, you don't know it's not Nickel Bolas. <laughs> <laughs> like, you you don't, don't know it's not Jace's mum. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You don't know who this person is. Oh, God. I, that has been one of my favourite things about spoiler season, is just yeah. people going off at random nonsense about who this character <laughs> might be. Um, yeah, that, yeah, so that, that that is the Wanderer. Hopefully we'll find out who they are in the future. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we've got to leave them for now, because up next we have Kaya, Bane of the Dead. So Kaya is three hybrid, 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 and they are auto colours. For seven loyalty, legendary planeswalker Kaya, and has static ability, your opponents and permanents your opponents control with hexproof can be the targets of spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hexproof, and has a minus three exile target creature. Uh, this seems very good and limited. Yeah. Six mana is a lot, but it's repeatable. The removal spell that doesn't have any restrictions. It's kind of like um, the Wanderer, but better, right? Uh, that's kind of what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this costs two more mana. Um, it's it's I mean, it's it's like the polar opposite of um, Kaya or of Usurper. Yeah. Because she costs three mana and exiles something with power, like with mana cost one or less. Yeah. And then this one just is six mana and exiles anything. <laughs> just strange. Um, it's also interesting to note she's back in her like normal clothes yeah. and not her awesome clothes. Um, which I imagine we'll find out in the story at some point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, this card's it's not constructed playable, right? Um, yeah, seems... I don't think it's constructed playable at all. Like uh, maybe. It... No, I was gonna it say like like maybe it, maybe if there is like a mono green deck that's playing both Carnage Tyrant and Nullhide Ferox in the main, then yeah maybe you play as a sideboard card against that deck specifically. But I, I really just don't think so. Six mana is so much for a removal spell. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it gets around hexproof. Um. Yeah, like you just play Kaya's Wrath. Exactly. Like there's a better there's a better card with Kaya on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, I, whatever. Yeah, like if you open her in your sealed pool or you you get her as a, as a draft pick, then yeah, sure, play her there. But I I'm not excited by this card at all. Yep, it's the it's the same story for most of these uncommons. It's just like yeah, sure, cool, they're fine. Yeah. So next up is another card I'm massively disappointed in. <laughs> and Great. that is Angrath, Captain of Chaos. Mm-hmm. Two hybrid hybrid. They're obviously Rakdos colours. Uh, for a legendary planeswalker, Angrath comes in with five loyalty. Has a static ability of creatures you control have menace. And has minus two, a mass two. 
So mass is the, the new mechanic for this set, where you put two plus one plus one counters and an army you control. If you don't control one, create a zero zero black zombie army creature token first. Yeah, this card is disappointing for for Angrath. Yeah. Considering, I mean, the card design, like the card name and the flavor of it, still, you know, Angrath's a badass. He's a minor all with massive flame chains. Yeah, for sure. Which is, it's, which is sick. It's but... definitely definitely a flavor win, but I was just excited to see more of more of Cow Daddy going off. Cow Daddy, that's horrible. <laughs> Never say that ever again. Jesus <laughs> Cow. Cow Daddy. I swear to God, if that ends up as the episode name, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Firmly out. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, this, uh, I play this Unlimited, like an aggressive deck. I don't like amassing Constructor particularly. If it made, if it just made 2-2 two, two Zombies, I think I'd like it slightly more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If, just... yeah, if it amassed 2 was was even, like, create 2-1-1 two, one, one Zombies, like, that's so much better than create 1-2-2 two, two Zombie. Yeah, and then next turn make it a four four instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got. I'll play it. I'll play it in my black and red limited decks. Yeah, like it's probably fine unlimited. Like giving your creatures menace is is usually pretty good if you're playing a Rakdos deck. Uh, you know, suggested you probably want to be, you know, swinging in with some creatures. Mm-hmm. Like menace it's is essentially help like, there. like it's it effectively. You know, it's a four mana enchantment that says creature you control have menace, which also impacts the board. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not that terrible. Like you know, menace is is a very powerful. I wish they stopped doing it, but it's a, it's unfortunately a very powerful keyword in limited specifically. Yeah. Um, especially if you're making like a, a big thing, and if it comes in makes a two two, and all the rest of your creatures that you cast up until this point have menace, like that that's certainly not nothing. Um, and could could you know allow you to attack more profitably. Um. But it's it's not it's not particularly interesting. Um, no, it's, it's certainly seems like a limited role player, but I'm not I'm not particularly excited about it, which yeah, is a shame. Same. I, I you know how much I love the character. It's uh, God, it's, it's great it's great to see him back, but yeah, I'm just a bit disappointed by his card. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's yeah. really not great. So speaking of uncommon planeswalkers, which aren't great, uh, next up yes. we have Samet Tyrant Smasher. Uh, she is two hybrid hybrid. They're gruel colours. Uh, for a legendary planeswalker, Samet comes in with five loyalty, has a static ability of creatures you control have haste, and has minus one. Target creature gets plus two plus one and gains haste until end of turn. Scry one. Uh, this is disappointing, especially given the name. Yeah. Because uh, Tyrant Smasher is the most badass title you can have. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, this card is not its not particularly inspiring. Uh, a four-mana Planeswalker that gives creatures you control haste isn't... It's not great, I guess. Like, it's probably fine. It's, it's I mean, gives your Carnage Tyrants haste, right? Sure, right? yeah. Yeah, I can't see this card seeing any Constructor play at all. Uh, I don't nope. think it's particularly great for Limited. I mean, it, 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 like, it doesn't give Trample or anything. No. Because I like, I like giving it, if it, if it was, because you, know, you can activate it to five times, and they all have scry, which is certainly interesting. Because like being able to like scry five times in a row in limited is, is certainly good for smoothing out your draws. Um, but if it gave plus two plus one and trample and like allowed your creatures to just smash through, that would be good. But like giving them haste isn't particularly interesting. Yeah, especially uh, four times out of five when it's going to be completely redundant because the card gives them haste anyway with the static ability. <laughs> We've been through this, Joe. We've been through this. <laughs> it has to, the ability has to give haste in case Summit dies when you activate it. Yeah, what so a shame cringes, that would be, right? The cringes. <laughs> I think I think this card's like ugh, 
fine. This, yeah, I, I think it, again, it probably falls in that category of like B minus limited card. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's a repeatable effect and like you know, it, it's even that planeswalker thing, isn't it? Really, like if you have a planeswalker on the board, like your opponent's going to think twice about whether they should be attacking the planeswalker or attacking you. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that we we definitely haven't had in, to the extent that we will have in this set. So I think that's it's gonna it's gonna leave some some definite strange lines to play open for your for like your opponents. Mm-hmm. So if like Summit's gonna be there like not really doing a lot. She doesn't really present yeah. that much of a threat, but then if, if you do have like a bit like a big just a big green creature in your deck and you are able to, you know, draw that or sort of scry that or whatever with the ability then Cast that, give it haste when your opponent should have killed the Samet. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They, these cards are really difficult difficult to evaluate. I think. Yeah, that's the thing. This this seems like an uninspiring. I think really. Yeah. Um, and also in terms of like formatic thing that gives your creatures haste, like we have that effect on two different cards in standard currently yeah. in the Gruul colors. Like we have Room of the Wild and we have Domri that <clears throat> um, gives them dry. So like, I, yeah, this card's not not exciting. Yeah. Oh well. You know what is exciting? Yeah. A doggo. <laughs> this isn't technically a doggo. That's that's true, but here to save the day is Jang Yang Yu, Wildcrafter. That is two and a green for a legendary planeswalker, a Yang Yu. Uh, it has three loyalty and has a static ability of each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Has tap, add one mana of any colour. And has minus one, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. So this is either a slightly more or slightly less effective version of Rishkar. Yeah. From off of Kaladesh. Because um, you've seen that, you know, so Rishkar was a 3-mana 2-2 that yeah. put plus one plus one counters on your creatures and made them tap for mana. And this does a similar thing. Um, can, if you want, distribute three counters, though I imagine you'll probably want to keep it around so it can have the Birds of Paradise ability. Yeah. Um, it's only interesting. Like, Rishkar was playable in green decks. Yeah, Rishkar um, was great. I think... I think it's a lot worse than Rishkar because you, you know, Rishkar gave multiple counters as soon as it came down and it was being played in a deck that was, you know, he wanted to put lots of counters on things, stuff like Verdus Gear Hulk, Nissa was putting counters on things and then obviously Winding Constrictor <laughs> as well was like just doubling yeah. up all the counters. You yeah. don't really have that effect in this format, definitely not in this limited format. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's probably fine, but I, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Rishkar was. Yeah, I agree. This also also doesn't present a body in itself, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't. It, it isn't also just a two-two that can attack. Yeah. Um, it combos with the card Mawu. That is true. That's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jiang Yangu does bring his his awesome trusty sidekick Mawu uh, with him to Ravnica, who, for some reason, which I mean, I'm quite excited to learn more about him. Uh, he can, he can planeswalk along with with Jiang Yangu, so he, he isn't a planeswalker himself. But uh, he's able to travel through the blind eternities, which is something that living matter isn't meant to be able to do. Uh, Mao is Emrakul. Quite possibly. Or you don't know it's not Emrakul. Mao at large. Mao Ma- at large. Oh, no, Jesus Christ! No, I'll edit that out. <laughs> we, we no no. You need to keep that in. We we uh, we need to change the name of the podcast to Hour of Tinfoil. Yeah. That's that's what it is. It's <laughs> just a load of really really tepid takes about absolute <laughs> nonsense. Um, yeah, but no, that is that's interesting actually. I hadn't thought about that. The fact that Maru can technically be planeswalk when it's yeah, just yeah. you know he's just, he's just a legendary creature. 
Um, apparently, the uh, the planeswalking has a lot of stress on the body and makes you produce a six pack. Yeah, even if you're a goddamn dog. Yeah, Maru got swole in those yeah, six I did, to I eight did. months. We haven't seen him. Yeah, I did tweet tweet about that. The fact that the art makes me incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like I, I like pack. Exactly, I like dogs. I like dogs. I love dogs. I don't like it when they're like you know ripped. <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, uh, this card, anyway. Yeah, Jang Ch- Ch- Angu is like you know fine. Yeah, probably it's fine. Like he'll, he'll be okay in limited. And again, like it falls into that kind of like B minus range. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. Won't be too thrilled to see him in my pack, but also won't be too upset either. Uh, yep. can't imagine that I'll ever see Constructed play certainly not as good as Rishkar which is a green card I actually played in standard Jesus Christ that's a hell of a hell of an accolade yeah I mean it was, it was just correct yeah, it was just correct to play that deck though wasn't it yeah that deck was great Yeah, I agree with you awesome All Right. so next up we have Nahiri Storm of Stone that is two hybrid hybrid they're Boros colours for a legendary planeswalker Nahiri she comes in with six loyalty and has a static ability of as long as it's your turn, creatures you control have first strike, and equip abilities you activate cost one less to activate. She has minus X, Nahiri, Storm of Stone, deals X damage to target top creature. So I don't know whether I was like overtired when I wrote the notes that I have for this card. Yeah. But I have written, what is this? <laughs> this is not this is not good. <laughs> uh, I think that was very much from a constructed standpoint. Um, this card's fine. Like, it reads as a four mana deal six to attack creature, which is certainly not irrelevant and limited. I guess. Um, so. um, I, I, like I, I think I just agree with your notes. Like, it's what is this card? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it seems strange. Like, again, the static ability and the activate ability seem like not at odds with each other, but just like come from completely different yeah. design points. Um, giving your creatures first strike on your turn is is definitely definitely important in terms of if you're if you're being aggressive um makes combat more favorable for you the equip cost has never been relevant any card post new phyrexia that has something to do with equipment has not been relevant ever um apart from like i don't know ghost fireblade i guess was sort of playable for a bit kind of um but like yeah okay the equipment thing is just she's nahiri and she's a core and she makes swords i mean we Um, haven't even seen any equipment in this set yet oh is that true yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't, no, any. we haven't no no equipment yet so far. Oh, Jesus Christ! It's like um, because even like Vivian's Arcbow or whatever is it is an artifact. It's not an equipment. It's just legendary artifact. Yeah. What's the what's the card from um a font of agonies from Ravnica Allegiance that was like if you pay life do this thing. Oh, it's yeah. like there were there were no ways to play life in the set apart from like final payment and shocklands. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's 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 just it's flavor text at that point. It's the same with thing with. It seems like a similar thing with Kiora. It's just like it's flavor text because of who the character is. Yeah. Rather than something actually relevant. I mean, maybe there's like a busted equipment, but I can't see equipment being important in um, standard. <laughs> I mean, in, in any kind of way. Yeah, it's uh, got to be a commander card, right? It's, no. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, I mean, sure, maybe they cost one less to act. But there's, there's a lot of other cards that are like a lot cheaper than this. Yeah. The deal thing. I mean, yeah, being able to like deal, you know, six damage over a few turns is, is certainly important like it's a repeatable removal spell um, it has to be tapped but like sure that's probably fine yeah um, yeah this this kind of be like, I'll happily play this in a white or red limited deck but um, yeah well, I don't understand what this card is yeah <laughs> it's essentially my takeaway I, I think it's probably the 
uh, probably the, the strangest of the uncommon planeswalkers, I think. Um, yeah, uh, Arlen's pretty strange. Yeah, yeah, but at least Arlen's like give wolves plus one plus one and make a wolf. This is like your equip abilities cost less, but there's no equipment in the set. <laughs> yeah, okay, you you make a fair point. Again, I feel I do feel a little disappointed as well. Like I, I think, especially since like the la- the last Nahiri card we saw was amazing. Like quite possibly one of my favorite Planeswalker cards. Okay, sure. Yeah, that, that's. I think seems that was a, always going to be seems the case a massive, with... massive downgrade. It's a shame. I think that was always going to be the case with uncommon Planeswalkers, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Most of them we've seen cards before that like either they were really cool or they were really powerful. So like. You know, you know, like seeing Arlen fall to such a sort of medium card is is annoying, or at least frustrating. Like seeing Obnixis fall to such an unplayable card and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that was always going to be the case, and that's your Tibble, which apparently when you go from Mythic to Uncommon, you become like twice as good. Um, <laughs> it seems very confusing, but yeah, it was always going to be the case. Like you can be a little bit disappointed with the pile up of his cards when they have to be within the confines of an, un- yeah. an Uncommon, so they're not particularly good. That's true. That is true. Cool, so next up we have another brand new character. We mm-hmm. have Cosmina, Enigmatic Mentor. Uh, she's three in a blue for a legendary planeswalker, Cosmina. Uh, enters the battlefield with five loyalty and has the static ability of spells your opponents cast that target a creature or planeswalker you control. Costs two more to cast. And she has minus two, create a 2-2 two, two blue wizard creature token. Draw a card, then discard a card. Now this is a sweet card. I like yeah. this card a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, So it has like uh, Kira, the great glassman, text, right? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to note it doesn't say abilities; it's just spells. Yeah. So you know that's something to, to take note of. If the casino, you know, there's, there's planeswalkers that, that destroy creatures and deal damage to creatures, um, and creates a two-two, which is good. Like making two two-twos that get to protect the planeswalker herself yeah. um, and just present the threat, and then you get to loot as well. Yeah, seems um, great, right? This is sweet. Um, I think it's interesting for mono blue in standard. Yeah. Because you're currently looking for like some grindy cards on the sideboard, um, and that has been uh, Jay's Cunning Castaway for a while. Yeah, which sort of does a similar thing. So you zero it, zero it to make a two two, um, which so, yeah. also ha- which also has um, phantasm effects like phantom text, whatever that is. Yeah, or we target it, destroy it. Whereas this just makes two two blue wizards that don't you know don't die immediately, and it also loots. You're playing Jay's because it, it loots when you attack with creatures, and also just makes two twos. So this makes two two twos, and then you also get to loot. I think that's certainly interesting. It'd be more interesting, I think, if it was three mana, yeah, as opposed to as opposed to four. But I, I can certainly see potential with this card. I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's good. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think I think you do have an argument there for playing in in the mono blue tempo deck for sure. Uh, but mm. I think in limited, I'm very happy if I open this in my pool. Oh hell yeah! Just like making your opponents removal slightly slightly worse, and just making a couple of threats, yeah. and also having some like card selection, which seems very very good. Yeah, I, I, I love this card a lot. Like, I'll, I'll be happy. I, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you get to play this card in in, in standard somewhere. Yeah, which seems like a like a, a sweet little package of curve of, uh, of a card. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Awesome, I do like it as well. Cool. It's, so. it's always it's always interesting when we have like a good card. We'd spend about roughly sixty seconds talking about it, whereas when it's a bad card, we spend roughly like ten minutes talking about how crap it is. Yeah, <laughs> probably says a lot about us, to be honest. Oh yeah, no, I, I never complain. I am always positive in all aspects of my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure, sure. Cool. So next <laughs> up, we have a Dovin Hand of Control that is two and a hybrid. So it's in Zorius colors. 
very legendary planeswalker, Dovin. Uh, he comes in with five loyalty and uh, has a static ability of artifact, instant, and sorcery spells your opponents cast. Cost one more to cast. And has minus one until your next turn. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent controls. This is cool. I like this card. Yeah. So in, in standard, it's like it seems like a, a sort of anti-red card. Yeah, definitely. Um, because anti like the, the mono-red deck currently, especially with stuff like Light Up the Stage, is very much about being efficient and then casting one mana spells or two mana spells um, all in a row yeah. and work it, working with... Um, Runaway Steamkin, stuff like that. Yeah, um, and stuff like making like the Wizards Lightning cost two again rather than one is, is you know, it's a big game. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it makes those cost more, and like if they want to get Dovin off the table, they probably have to do that. Like yeah. they probably have to hit, hit him with a Lightning Strike, which means that's one less hitting you in the face. Um, and also being able to like bubble a creature every turn, um, it's, it's certainly very, very important. So like, yeah. you know, being able to bubble like, um, I mean, this this extends obviously beyond mono red, but like being able to bubble a Chain Whirler, stuff like that is. Uh, certainly not irrelevant. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also like. I think it's interesting for um, potentially eternal play. In some capacity, it has like a Thalia Thorn of Amethyst effect. Yeah, sure, sure. The fact the fact that it's three mana is like um, you know obviously a consideration in those kind of decks, and the fact that it's not a creature you can either file in or anything like that. But it is slightly harder to interact with. Um, if you're playing like Devon Taxi style deck, you probably have blockers for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting that's, that's true it is it's definitely interesting I do quite like the art as well it's just kind of standing there like some sort of Vidalcan Jesus <laughs> Vidalcan Jesus <laughs> exactly it goes in Death Taxes we have um, Leonard Arbiter which is Cat Jesus yeah and we have Dovin which is Vidalcan Jesus <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan yeah let's sure, go fine sure. <laughs> um, found a home yeah. for him. yeah so we have I, what? Uh, yeah I, I think it's fine like I'll, I'll play yeah. it in limited for sure uh, again uh-huh. probably in that sort of B minus to B range uh, and yeah, it, it's not a card. It's not really a card that I would typically play in a constructed deck. I don't mm-hmm. really tend to favor those types of decks, but it looks like a card that would be annoying to play against, which <laughs> which yeah. must mean it's good, right? Yeah, well, that's the, yeah, sure. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it doesn't again. It doesn't impact the board, which is which you think of things like constructed. Like, it isn't important for a planeswalker. Yeah, it it isn't a removal spell, and it doesn't make a creature. But it certainly is irritating, and it also managed like it, it's able to prevent a threat from your opponent for at least a turn. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, you can pitch it to Force of Will. Yeah, that's always relevant. That's that's always relevant. I'm going to mention it all the time. Hey, it could be um, you know give it give it a couple of months' time. That could be modern relevant. Yeah, actually, that's true. Yeah, that's true. you never um, know what's on the horizon. Yeah, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Shall we move on? Yeah, I think we should before cool. we go too far. Next up, we have Jaya, Venerated Fire Mage. That is four and a red for a legendary planeswalker, Jaya. And she comes in with five loyalty and has a static ability. If another red source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals that much damage plus one to that permanent or player instead. And as minus two, Jaya, Venerated Fire Mage, deals two damage to any target. Hey, look, a cool limited red card. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, fine like obviously the obvious comparison is like Flamer Keld that ability at the top there mm-hmm. do you think a 5 mana Flamer Keld is good enough? no I don't think a 2 mana Flamer Keld is good enough so <sighs> yeah agreed <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah this, I mean this card's good and limited like I like the again it's a repeatable removal spell for small creatures yeah um, it deals 3 damage right technically yeah for sure yeah. Yeah, so like that's, that's slightly relevant, and like you know, if we're playing it with um, 
aggressive for creatures is fine, but it's certainly no constructed applications for this. Yeah, I have um, written, it, I've written in my notes. Eh, sure. Yeah, like, agreed. I don't think she's anything particularly new or exciting, but it's a shame. I'd be happy to open her unlimited for sure. Yeah, it's a real shame that Jaya hasn't got like a good card. So, so like the original Jaya from Time Sparrow, obviously like a cool card yep. that was I definitely saw saw play. And the Dominaria Planeswalker has just like just everyone's forgot it's a card. Yeah, um, it's, it's just it's just upsetting because she's such a cool character, such an important character um, in the lore that she just hasn't got a playable card yet, which is kind of unfortunate. Hey, I mean, Abbot just... of Carol Keep all play, right? Abbot of Carol Keep. Yeah, was that meant to be Jaya? Uh, well, we know now that Jaya was, was Mother Luti, who was the leader oh, of sure. Carol Keep. So maybe it was. Uh, that card wasn't great either. Oh, Abbot of Carol Keep was great in in Antarka Red. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it doesn't count as like a Jaya card, right? Uh, maybe doesn't I, I think, I think could, yeah it doesn't actually say gyre on it but I, I think yeah I think knowing what we know now we could argue for it yeah sure I mean that's the most interesting thing about this card <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah it's, it's fine I'll be happy to open it in my single pool for sure mm-hmm. awesome so next up we come to the last of our uncommon planeswalkers for now just mm-hmm. spoiled today and a card I am I am so happy about and very excited about yeah this is certainly your 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 favourite uncommon, right? Yeah, uh, it is Ashiok Dream Render. So it's one hybrid hybrid, Demir Colours, for legendary planeswalker Ashiok. Ashiok comes in with five loyalty and has the static ability, spells and abilities your opponents control, can't cause their opponent, their controller to search their library. Uh, Ashiok has a minus one, and target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard, then exile each opponent's graveyard. Yeah, this is certainly interesting. Yeah. Um, so it has so the static ability is like Shadow of Doubt, yeah, um, and then it's also just like a ley line of the Void slash Rest in Peace. Like okay, I guess it's more Relic of Progenitus or Tormod Script because it's a one shot, right? Yeah. When you activate it, um, but it also mills them out. Um, yeah, it's twenty. Which, it's twenty cards over five turns. It's, it's yeah, just ridiculous it's, and limited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's certainly very interesting, um, and the fact that it's exile, like I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, because that's the thing. It's not just like exile the top four. It's mill them for four, then exile all of some ability. So like, there's no kind of graveyard shenanigans that can go on there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously, we haven't had the release notes yet, but under the current way the rules work, something like the like when the Eldrazi Titan triggers, like if they're put into a graveyard, like they would be shuffled back into the library. But that doesn't happen with obviously Ashiok's ability exiling that that card. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with. Um, Narcomoeba and Creeping Chill, right? Because yeah. it goes to the graveyard. Then in the middle of Ashiok's ability resolving, the trigger would go on the stack, but it can't resolve until it's fully resolved. Yeah. So by the time that the Creeping Chill or Narcomoeba trigger would resolve, they're already in exile because of Ashiok's ability. Yep. Um, and that's that's certainly not relevant, you know. Yeah, just certainly a thing in modern. Very relevant, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I've also got some some sort of crazy legacy brew as well happening. I, I just love the idea of, of being able to go like swamp or like underground sea dark ritual ashiok on turn one uh yep. yeah milling your opponent and then making it so your opponent can't crack any fetches to play turn two will play like a sinkhole or like cabal therapy or something or him to turok him to turok would be quite nice yeah that sounds sweet like that sounds like a very much you thing yeah. make some skulls cast some cards also blue cards um, or pitches to force a will Oh my god, that's actually relevant. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, play well, underground sea, so you can daze. Like, yeah, sick. I I, I um, think there might be, there might be a deck there. 
I like this card a lot. I think it's certainly got some potential. Um, uh, I imagine you're probably going to cast it with Dark Richard at some point, whether that <laughs> yeah. be in Cube or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Cube. Yeah, the, the, it's, <laughs> this Ashiok card is going to be amazing in Cube. Like, the previous Ashiok was already, like, just incredible. Uh, getting to play was, like, the two of them together is, is going to be amazing. I think the... Um, I think the original Ashiok is like one of my favorite cube picks. Absolutely, mine too. It's just so busted. Yeah. Um, in that format, so I think that obviously the, the stack ability does have some. So obviously it stops fetchlands, which is incredibly relevant. Yeah. Um, it also stops stuff like Court of Calling, Greens and Zenith, Azure Evolution, Natural Order, um, stuff like that. It's certainly Stoneforge Mystic. Like that's not irrelevant. Um, and I I, I like that as a boon for the card. Yeah, for sure. But we'll have to see where it goes. Like. Yeah, like um, I, I'm unsure about standard. Like the the three mana, mm-hmm. three mana is a real good cost. Yeah, but I mean, like milling isn't a thing that you're doing in standard. It's barely a thing you're doing in modern. This actually might be playable in modern for yeah. that capacity. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure because milling isn't a thing, right? You're, you're doing in in standard particularly. Like yeah. you have like the what psychic corrosion thing yeah. that's kind of like a fringe thing people are playing on arena. Um, and then searching libraries isn't particularly relevant. At yeah, the moment, sure. so I'm not sure about the standard capabilities, but like I can, I can see a home for this somewhere. Yeah, um, I, I like this card quite a lot. It's incredible, it's incredible, mm-hmm. and I hope, I hope there's prints of the art because I love the art as well. Yeah, the art's absolutely amazing. Ashiok's always like it's just such a cool character, and yeah. I hope we get to find out more about them in yeah. like lore. I, I want to know why Ashiok is on Bolas's meditation plane. Oh yeah, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, yeah that's that the art. Yeah, Ashiok's on the the meditation oh, plane. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I need to know that because we only we know only because we didn't really get much from Theros in terms of their like background and stuff, right? Yeah, there's, there's not a lot. Lot is known about Ashiok. Um, you sort of you get hints of like some things in in the the Theros comic, but yeah, there's not a lot known about Ashiok at all. Yeah, because the the comics was just like messing with Dak. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think this card's like that's cool. I, I'm just excited to know more about Ashiok. Yeah, it's, like, me too. One I of my favorite characters, certainly. Ashiok is, is definitely definitely in my top three planeswalkers, if not my favourite planeswalker for sure. Also interesting to note that in this art they have like boulder swans coming out of their face. Yeah. Because whereas like in the Theros art it's just like sort of like just shadowy. But there's like actual boulder swans coming well, out of their there's, face. There's definitely the horns there, but they're, they're not as Bolusy. Yeah, as bolusy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Cool. So next right. up we get our first of the rare planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. We have Vivian, Champion of the Wilds. Vivian yeah. is a three mana, two and a green for a legendary planeswalker Vivian. She comes in with four loyalty. Has the static ability of you may cast creature spells as though they had flash. Plus one until your next turn, up to one creature gains vigilance and reach. Minus two, look at the top three cards of your library, exile one face down, and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For as long as it remains exiled, you may look at that card and you may cast it if it's a creature card. Do you like creatures? Uh, personally, no. But uh, I I think this card is fantastic. I think it's cool. Like again, like one of my problems with like this has been with this planeswalker so far it doesn't really present a threat. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's it seems more a defensive card. Um. Then it's anything because it gives flash, it gives vigilance and reach. It also has a weird take on the sort of Vivian ability of looking at the top X cards of your library yeah. and putting a creature card in. Um. Because it puts it into exile specifically, which is. Um, because the way that's worded, like you can, it's like Gonti, right? You can just cast it even if Vivian's not in play anymore, right? Uh, um, for as long as it remains exiled, exiled yeah. For, yeah. Most, for as long as it remains exiled, not for as long as you control Vivian. Yeah. Um. 
so that just seems like a, a weird thing. Why, why can you not just put it in the hand? I'm not really sure. Is it like a sort it's, of... It's a like, flavour thing, I think, because it's obviously... It's, yeah. it's like the spirit of the creature going into Vivian's arc bow. Sure, but that wasn't relevant on the, M15, on the M19 one. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's 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 not like an on I don't think I just thought it was a weird way to word it. So why do you think this card is so good? Casting Carnage Tyrant and instant speed and in your own Zen Steph. I mean sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think it's I I think I think we've we've had a couple of cards that really seem to me like there's a mono green deck there, like there really, really is. Um I know we did have one sort of briefly in a previous standard, but I think now we've got all the pieces to get one there properly now. Uh, I think Vivian just slots into that. Casting your casting your creatures and in instant, instant speed is amazing. Um, and yeah, even like giving Carnage Tyrant Vigilance seems pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. It just seems like the fact that it's like... Because currently, if you, if you want to be like, this seems like... So you can minus two it twice, and then she dies. Yeah. To like to like get card advantage and find a creature. Um, I mean, it's three mana, but like oh, I'd rather just be playing the other Vivian because it's just so much more versatile and pluses to find that. Um, yeah, just play them both. Yeah, I, I think that's that's reasonable. Like I'm on a green deck. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems fine. Yeah, yeah, you can do stuff like give um, like give Steel of Champion vigilance. It's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, I like agree. turn one Lanor Elf, turn two Steel of Champion, turn three Vivian give. Steel of Champion Vigilance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a deck there. Yeah, certainly. There's some kind of green creature deck. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, right. So I've just found Hotly. Oh yeah. Hotly has just been um, revealed by the MTG Latin America thing. Oh, is um, an, an official. Oh, an official yeah, spoiler, yeah. spoiler, yeah. So I don't know if you want to like sort of try and fit it in in the uncommons, or you want to just do it like, oh, we found this other spoiler. Let's do it now. Let's let's stick it in now. Let's go for it now. Okay, cool. So we have, it's a bit of a, a, a rough translation at the moment. Uh, we have Hotly, Heart of the Sun, is two and uh, Celesnia for a legendary planeswalker, Hotly. It's a static ability of each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. So there's your, your nice card to play along with Teo. Mm-hmm. Uh, has minus three, you gain life equal to the greatest toughness among creatures you control. And she comes in with seven loyalty. This is I like this card. Uh, I'm not sure about playability. This is literally like I've I saw it for the first time about 20 seconds ago because yes, we've same. just got the spoiler. Such is the joy of podcasting. Um, I like Celestia cards. I like creatures. I don't know. It just they seem to really be pushing this sort of like deals damage equal to its toughness yeah. thing. So it's still damage equal to its toughness. It doesn't specifically. Yeah, it doesn't stop creatures having defender or anything like that. Um, whatever. This is interesting. But whatever, I'm not. I'm not particularly like excited to play this card. I don't think. Right? Yeah, I think like if you're, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the card that you need for your, uh, your white green defenders slash toughness deck or whatever that you you're playing that Teo Vrada in as well. Um, mm-hmm, so yeah, sure. may, maybe maybe this plays into more sort of the draft side of things. Uh, yeah, be a certain interesting deck to see there. Uh, a, yeah, I I think like I've said pretty much all of these uncommon planeswalkers is just quite difficult to evaluate. We've never had so many planeswalkers in the set before, and we've never had uncommon planeswalkers. So it's, yeah, yeah are, it's a bit of a strange one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the card. Though. I think I, I I like I like Quietly as a character. It's a shame that she's been sort of like shoved, like shunned by 
by the law and by our cars not being that good. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Yeah, I'm it's cool. It's cool. I, I definitely I don't dislike it, but I, I, again, I think it's probably in that in that sort of B minus range as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. And now I guess we get to move on to quite possibly my favourite card in the set. Yes, um, for my notes for this one, I have just put defer to Joe because <laughs> you, you, you have a lot to say about this card. Uh, so yeah, um, you have, yeah. <laughs> feel free to Joe for this of, nonsense. Sure. Feel free to sort of pop off, and I'll just like have some some my drink or whatever. Just carry on. Cool. So we need no introduction. We have Teferi Time Raveler. That is one white blue for a legendary planeswalker, Teferi. Uh, it comes in with four loyalty, has a static ability of each opponent can cast spells only at any time they could cast a sorcery. So plus one, until your next turn you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. Uh, minus three, return up to one target artifact creature or enchantment to its owner's hand, draw a card. Uh-huh, so why do you love this card? <laughs> so they've made a three mana Teferi and a four mana with five mana Teferi. <laughs> why, <laughs> why, if, why is this card a thing? Um... So... It's it's amazing, right? So the, the static ability of like each opponent can cast spells only any time they can cast a sorcery is mm-hmm. like ridiculously good uh, when you're playing the control deck that wants to be casting things at instant speed. It means that your counter spells can't get countered, that your opponents can't do anything at instant speed, so they can't do anything in your end step for kill your Teferi, anything like that. Uh, the, the plus one is cool for... Uh, for I mean some things like maybe we'll see some cool sorceries that like you you draw cards. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't think the plus one is is that great outside of just just keeping Teferi around. Uh, and then obviously the minus three. It, it, again, it's sort of like alluding to artifacts. So like maybe there will be a big artifact thing in the future, and it'll come in handy to bounce a big artifact. Then uh, bouncing creatures is always great, uh, and enchantments as well. So if your opponent plays like a I don't know, like an Ixalan's binding or something to get rid of like your five mana Teferi, you can get rid of it with this three mana Teferi. It's just it's yeah. a really flexible card that just the Esper and the Azorius control decks just want. And I, I just can't believe they've printed this card. Um yeah, it seems it's like I, I think there's a, a reasonable comparison between this and Reflector Mage. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a three mana thing that you know, obviously it doesn't protect a body, but it also just bounces a thing. Yeah. Um, and draws a card for some sweet tempo. Um, but yeah, the fact that you can just play this, like your opponents can't counterspell you anymore uh, on your turn, and you can just sort of like play Kai's Wrath in your opponent's turn. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like it, this is certainly interesting. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So like the so the plus ones in standard. You Kai's Wrath. You've got um, uh, like Cleansing Nova, uh, and mm-hmm. there's the is it Tamio's Foresight that lets you like scry. Four draw two or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, it's the four C reprint, right? Four C, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like maybe you mm-hmm. could play that. But the thing I want the plus one for specifically uh, is in this this absolute nonsense paradoxical outcome monastery mentor deck I've been playing in Legacy fits mm-hmm. very nicely into that. So you can plus one and cast Days Undoing on your opponent's end step. Ooh, sick. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's that's why I'm all in on that. Also, again, he pitches to force a will because he is a blue card and stops your opponent from casting force a will. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, he's, on... he's, he's everything I want and more in a card, and I am so so glad. And also, just, I don't know, I'm just really confused by why they've printed this card. Yeah, it's it seems strange. Um, it seems very powerful. Uh, I think this is the but the problem is like. So okay, so what else are you casting on turn three in standard currently? 
in a control type deck is you're casting like a mortify or an absorb yeah and not being able to do that might be might be a problem yeah if you're just slamming this instead but it has the potential to just generate card advantage and then you know it turns off your opponent's instant speed, instant speed cards so I, I, yeah, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if this, this card is very, very playable. Yeah, I, I, think, I think to be honest, I think that's consideration, especially at like an FNM level and stuff. Like the tilt factor alone might actually come into play. You slam oh, Teferi yeah. on turn three. People are so upset with ten, with like five mana Teferi mm-hmm. that like this is going to upset some people and cause misplays. Oh, this is an actual turn turn three. So this is actual three mana Teferi. Yeah, because that's the sort of joke with five mana Teferi, right? It yeah, like, technically costs three mana. <laughs> this is an actual three mana Teferi. Yeah, this 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 one is actually three mana, and then when you play your five mana one for three uh, for three mana essentially and hold up a counter spell, your opponent can't counter that counter spell. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think it's it's just kind of like the perfect support card that that deck wants, and it blows my mind that they, they've they've actually printed them. Yeah, it's sweet. Cool. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. Awesome. So moving on from Teferi, unfortunately, uh, we have mm-hmm. another character I love. That is a Tamio, Collector of Tales. Tamio is two green blue for a legendary planeswalker. Tamio. Uh, she comes into play with five loyalty. Has a static ability of spells and abilities your opponents control. Can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanents. Has a plus one. A choose a non-land card name, then reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards with the chosen name from among them into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard. And a minus three, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. What the hell is this card? It's really strange, what? right? This doesn't seem remotely good, honestly. Uh, I can't, I can't see why this is. Uh, you could pitch it to Force of Will. That's why it's <laughs> good. Um, it doesn't like it. So the plus one, I when I first read it, I thought it was um, choose a card, like choose a card type. Yeah. Right? So you'd like name creature or like name instant and you get to draw that kind of card you have to name a card draw, choose a card name yeah the hell is that yeah it's like it's a, a plus one it, it's a ridiculously narrow impulse that just puts cards into your graveyard yeah it just mills you so like I have no idea what the hell that's doing and like a four mana regrowth eh <laughs> I'm not interested in a four mana regrowth and then the, the plus one like no, the static ability sorry like that's interesting because we've seen like quite a few sacrifice effects in this format and stuff like that um yeah, I, I think I think that's it. Like the well, sacrifice like, part of it is fine, but like the yeah the abilities which would cause you to discard. I don't know. Like maybe if Davriel is actually playable, uh, it's like it's a, so it it stops. So you cast this on turn four, and it stops your opponents like thought erasuring you. Yeah, if they haven't already taken this off thought erasure. Yeah, exactly. Which, which they won't because it's a bad card. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It stops thought erasure, stops duress, stuff like that. It's not good. Yeah, I'm like confused. You turn one, you rest, take your Tamio. Okay. Yeah, sure. great. GG. So, yeah. Like I, I don't understand this card. It's it, it doesn't draw plus one. Does nothing. It does nothing. <sighs> the hell are you doing? It honestly I, I, does I don't, nothing. I, I, I don't know. know. I I feel like I feel like there's something we're missing with this card. Um, yeah, but like. Everyone I've spoken to has just been like, "Yeah, this card does nothing." Like, I can't, I can't, I haven't found a person that's like, "Oh, but in this card, like, if, if there was like a corner case, it was like, like kind of powerful." But it's like, what are you doing? Like playing Congregation at Dawn to like put cards on top of your library and then draw them with this? Like, I don't, I don't no, understand. No, what's... no, you're playing um, Precognition Field. Oh God, sure. That's what you're but playing. You just... You're playing Precognition Field. I mean, you can't play it with Bolas or Citadel, and you probably can't play it with Experimental Frenzy. Sure. 
but like, like if, if if there is if there is a deck like you're playing it with that or you're just playing it in commander with sensei's divine on top yeah something like that like sure i have, have her I as like, like a value it. card like I, I think she's a very interesting card i don't think she's probably good enough for like your your competitive decks and constructive formats but i think it's like a casual card or a cube card or a commander card then yeah sure i, I think yeah, it's I, an interesting one at least I, it's annoying because like I really like Talia. I think yeah, she's I like a really cool character. The art on this card is really, really great. It's just sort of annoying that like oh, this card just seems so bad. I really don't like it. I'm really not a fan. It's it, honestly, it does seem like a toolbox card for like Commander, right? So yeah, like plus sure. one to, to suit, but like the plus one's so bad in Commander. Unless you have like Scorrack or something like that, or yeah, like Precondition Field or Sensitive Iron Top, or, yeah, yeah there's like, tons of things. Sure, and then like the 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 static ability is like relevant there because like that's that's decent because you know Grave Pact stuff like that. Yeah, and then the minus three like regrowth or regrowth, but like it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's a, a strange it's card, but again, does it does feel like a bit of a flavor win because Tamio is an observer, right? Tamio watches things. Tamio tries to predict things. Tamio learns from things. Doesn't really get involved with conflict um yeah i i i think it's a flavor i think that's the thing that all of these planeswalkers have done the best uh regardless of like their abilities i think they're all very much on flavor mm-hmm. yeah i agree cool so next up we have soren vengeful bloodlord he's two white black for a legendary planeswalker soren has a static ability of as long as it's your turn creatures and planeswalkers you control have lifelink uh, it comes in with four loyalty, has plus two, Soren Vengeful Bloodlord, deals one damage to target player or planeswalker, and has minus X, return target creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. Uh, this card's interesting. Um, yeah. I like I like the flavour, first of all. It's cool. Like, it just does vampire things. It's like it turns your other creatures into vampires. Yeah, sure. Right. Um... The plus one is sort of underwhelming. Plus two, sorry, it's sort of underwhelming. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's quite interesting because it's the first time we've had, um, well, with the uh, the static ability, gives your creatures and planeswalkers you control lifelink. Yep. So the, the plus one works nicely with that because uh, Soren's doing the one damage there, so you gain a life as well. Yeah, and that's, and, and, you know, you've got cards like like Nahiri not that this will never be I mean that's that's a flavour fail putting Nahiri in sorry I'm saying that yeah sure <laughs> um, but like yeah she deals X and like there's, there's planeswalkers that deal damage so that's that's certainly certainly not to be ignored um, but like yeah the fact that it does one damage is like okay yeah. like you plus one deal one damage to a planeswalker or a player and gain a life like eh. yeah that's um, the minus X is um, where I'm most interested in this card I think yeah so like I'm trying to think of it as like possibly the top end of like well not top end but like a, a reasonable kind of like a, a sort of weenie strategy like a white weenie strategy yeah sure like this can return without dying it can return like Benelish Marshall yeah which is interesting like certainly interesting um and like can ret- return most of the cards in, in the current modern white deck outside of like Loxodon um like you know I, I think that's that's the most interesting thing about this card, and then it just keeps taking up. And like the fact that it's a plus two is certainly not to be ignored either. Yeah, definitely. Like um, you, you could you could plus two keep keep like a creature back on defense to chump, and then the next turn bring back Loxodon. Like there are certainly applications for that. Yeah, I'm just not sure it's that exciting. Um, there could be like a you know, sort of black white mid range or um, aggro deck that kind of wants this this sort of effect. Yeah, for sure. Like the lifelink thing is is certainly important on creatures. So if you're like you know smashing in against mono red, like gaining a crap ton of life is certainly not relevant. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, giving other planeswalkers. I'm not sure what other planeswalkers it's going to be relevant with, um, especially within black white. Yeah, I mean, Nahiri um, in limited apparently. Yeah, sure, that could definitely be a thing. Or like, we'll get to it later. But Gideon, yeah, obviously does Gideon, Gideon things and turns into a, is it like turns into a creature. So, but that's also covered by the fact that it's a creature that gets lifelink anyway. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, yeah, so like, I'm not sure how it's that relevant, but it, it's it's interesting. Um, so I can see this like some kind of a mid range mid rangey deck. Yeah, I, I can see the card being playable certainly. Yeah, again, just a little bit disappointed that this is the card Soren has. Given some of Soren's previous cards have been really cool, really powerful. Yeah, but it's you know it's fine. I'll probably be happy enough to open this one uh, in a draft or in a sealed pool. Yeah, I agree. I think like the. Um... Yeah, it, it, I certainly mean like you know, it's it's meant to be Sauron, like, you know, the, the, the multiverse is the most powerful vampire, and it's meant to be like really cool and old as all time, and he's just got sort of this kind of you know mediocre planeswalker card, but you know, yeah, at least he got out of that rock, right? Yeah, yeah. What's that? What's that flavor text off? Well, there's a there's a card that features Nahiri and Sauron, and it just says, "Well, I see you got out the, the I see you got out of the wall or yeah. something." Yeah, I, I can't remember what it is, but yeah, that was that was mm-hmm. quite good. Yeah, he got he got out of the wall, and he is angry <laughs> which is understandable for sure awesome so next up we have Ral Storm Conduit two mm. blue red for a legendary planeswalker Ral comes in with four loyalty uh, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell Ral Storm Conduit deals wall damage to target opponent or planeswalker it's plus two it's scry one or minus two when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn copy that spell you may choose new targets for the copy Right, so when I was first writing notes to this card, I, it just seems completely unplayable and constructed. Yeah, right. I know, I know, I was wrong, I was wrong. Um, I wrote this, I think I wrote this at like two in the morning, like don't. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, like the plus two being scry one is like fine, but yeah, I think this could come to be, like on a four mana planeswalker, I think plus two could be draw a card, it could be plus one draw a card, I think yeah. that would be fine. The minus two, like, so you can copy removal spells, yeah. which is interesting. Um, the fact that like, you know, so it's when you cast your next instant sorcery spell this turn. So you, it, you know, can't affect spells on your opponent's turn. It can't affect removal spells on your opponent's turn or counter spells or anything like that. Is less interesting. The static ability just seems kind of like mediocre, right? Like when you cast or copy an instant sorcery, like you know, this is Splinter Twin, right? Splinter Twin. Oh, I'm missing some kind of nonsense combo. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's an it's a infinite combo with itself. Oh shit! With what? Uh, with with what? expansion with explosion. So you need oh. you need Ral and you need Ral and t- uh, two copies of Expansion Explosion and Expansion just copies itself. Right. So you might you so you minus two with the um to basic basically you need to, you need to cast something or have your opponent cast something, um right. and then you cast Expansion and then you cast an Expansion target in your Expansion. That one copies and then copies that Expansion, which then copies that Expansion, and every time you copy it, you deal one damage to your opponent. Oh, okay. It's just yeah, it's, it's you win on turn five with an infinite combo if you have two copies of expansion. Yeah, and your opponent costs some cast something. Yeah, or you can cast something if you do it on turn five, like if you've got like a shock or something. So it's a four card and combo. Obviously you set that up for with a plus two. Yeah, I mean, well, the combo in itself requires three cards rather than two copies of expansion, but and then yeah. it requires another spell on the stack, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, that's. I mean, not it's enough that there's been like a couple of Star City Games premium articles written about it, and yeah, oh, really? Oh. oh yeah, for sure. It's it's a real real strategy. Yeah. Oh okay. So I mean, like, you could cast just... shock, you could cast opt, you could yeah. I, I think it's it it is a. I mean, obviously, like like anything like that, it's harder 
to do in reality than it is on paper, but it, it, it could actually be a real thing. You know, we saw the Saheeli Cat deck do its thing. Who's to say Ral couldn't be the same? Does that not work with itself with its minus two? So when you next cast an instant or sorcery, so if you had, say there was a spell on the stack and you cast expansion and you'd already minus two'd it? Yeah. So you'd copy that expansion? Yeah, yeah. Right? And that expansion would copy the expansion? Yeah. And then that expansion would copy, so you don't yeah, need yeah, to copy yeah. the expansion. So you, yeah. you just need, so you minus two, you need one copy of expansion targeting a spell and then it just wins the game. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now that I know it's only one copy of expansion, and now that I know that apparently every reasonable magic player knows about this and I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, okay, sure. Maybe Okay, so maybe it is maybe it is constructed playable and I was just completely wrong. Okay, outside of the fact that it happens to be an infinite combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this card is this card isn't great, right? Oh uh, yeah, no. Yeah, like uh, if you if you take expansion explosion out of the out of the the equation then yeah, I don't think this card is great. Um it, Okay. It, it it's almost like a, I don't know. Almost reminds me of like Sahili, how like uh, she was great with this awesome combo. But once the cat got banned, that was it. Like she, she couldn't play her or anything. She wasn't very good. Uh, obviously, has that plus scry ability as well. I yeah. I, I don't think this card is is great outside of the you know the, the absolutely fantastic turn five, turn four, whatever winning game winning combo. So. Does that mean one of the cards gets banned? Probably not. No, I don't. I don't think it's. But, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be. I, I don't think it'll be consistent enough um, mm-hmm. to to go off. But I, I, I do think it will be a, a legitimate deck. Sure. Okay. Um, I just I, I know that, that wizards don't like infinite combos, regardless of how fragile they are. Really. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's just a two-card combo. That's interesting. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> That's incredibly stupid. And also, like, expansion explosion is a rare. Yeah. But like, you know, it was clearly going to see some play. How did they miss this? That's yeah. Weird. I mean, I think I think it is. It is because you, it's at the at the best, it's a three card combo because you need Ral and then you need to cast something to get expansion. So you you need an opt. You need... Yeah, sure. I I didn't like this card before I knew that. Um, yeah. I think I I like it more now that I know that it's a potential to just win the game on the spot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, sure. Whatever. It's definitely an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Cool. Awesome. So next up, uh, we have Domri Anarch of Bolas. Is one red green for a legendary planeswalker. Domri comes in with three loyalty. As creatures you control gets plus one plus zero as a static ability. As plus one, add red or green. Creature spells you cast this turn can't be counted. Our minus two, target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. So I I kind of like this card. Um, I think the static is just sort of like whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Um, like relevant some of the time. Uh, the plus, like it takes you from three to five in some kind of gruel monsters deck, which I think could be could be certainly relevant. Yeah, sure. Um, and the uncounterable is obviously not not irrelevant yeah um and like being able to fight stuff like it's it's sort of a removal spell on the card so you know one of your creatures fights one of their creatures um but i think in the kind of deck that this wants to be in so like an aggressive an aggressive red green deck taking turn three off just to play this sort of seems a little bit mediocre Um, yeah like I, i feel like it wants to wants to be played with um with something like rhythm of the wild or just like riot creatures, so you can make them uncounterable, but also they'll be big creatures with haste. Mm-hmm. I also think you'd probably rather just play Ribbon the Royal in that situation. Yeah. 
because it has both the fact that they have right and the uncounterable and that card isn't even seeing play particularly um like much yeah. so i can't but you know this does have obviously other applications like it makes your, makes your creature slightly bigger and has the fight the fight ability yeah um yeah rather strange, okay. a strange one i don't think i don't think domery's quite good enough for standard currently but i think it's definitely a card to watch for the the far future mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting that you can like you play it on turn three and then like plus it to cast a lamb or elves or a fanatical firebrand or something like that yeah that's possible, like if you're on that kind of deck, but like I'd rather just be casting like a chain weather on turn three or, or like a jade light ranger. And, yeah, for sure. You know, either of those colors. Um, yeah, it's probably fine. If you know, like I said, like there's a couple of cards in here that like if there is a red green monsters deck that sort of um, sort of happens, then then I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's it. I do, I, Look, I think I think this card has a lot of potential, just not right now. I think further down the line, once we've we've had a standard rotation, and you know we get we got a new big green or big red creature to deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got stuff like Skargan Hellkite, Ravager Worm that aren't currently seeing player that like could be potentially interesting. But I think the problem with those decks is they just they just fold yeah. to both the control decks and the, the hyper aggro decks that we currently have in the For format. Sure. So yeah. yeah. I think maybe maybe Dom will see some nice play in the future. Mm-hmm. So up next we have Nissa who shakes the world. Uh, that is three green green for a legendary planeswalker Nissa. She comes in with five loyalty. Has a static ability of whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green. It has plus one, put three plus one plus one counters and up to one target non-creature land you control, untap it. It becomes a zero-zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste that's still a land. And minus eight, you get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible. Search your library for any number of forest cards, put them on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. So this is a, a ramp card. It has like you know the um, heartbeat of spring, mana flare ability, uh, whatever. There's loads of other cards that do this. Like um, uh, they've been quite a lot of these effects. Um, turning like lands into creatures is fine. Has been fine on Missile Planeswalkers before. Yeah. Um, was it World Waker from M15? Yeah, that's the one that did that which is which is interesting uh, the fact that it puts three count like the counters on it so it's like permanently as a creature is certainly more relevant than just turning into like a 4-4 four, four for a turn uh, the ultimate is just sort of whatever that's like a commander style thing right yeah I mean it's it's a five mana Nissa I'm sure it'll see some play in in, in some capacity um, mm-hmm. whether not... or not it's now or again like much further down the line she'll see play mm-hmm. uh, it has relevant ever... abilities and yeah, sure. it's nothing, nothing, nothing too new or exciting. Like we've seen Nissas do this kind of thing before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not playing this over Vivian Reed, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I like if there's like a ramp strategy, right? Like where, where we get some kind of like big monster, like an Unamog type card in a in a future set or something like that. This could be interesting. Yeah. Like going from five to twelve after you cast this is like obviously very good if we have something like. But there's not particularly anything that exciting to cast currently. I mean, you do know this. who does who does cost twelve mana. Who's that? Calder. Oh yeah, Calder. Yeah, but like you're casting that on turn five anyway. Yeah, for sure. For like two mana, so like the fact that you can double mana to cast to cast Calder is like not relevant, I don't think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she gets to protect herself. You have to give up lands to protect her, but like that's yeah. kind of kind of fine. Um. But yeah, I can't think of a, of a good outlet for a lot of mana currently. No, we so don't have any particularly expensive cards. I think that's the thing I'm noticing with a lot of planeswalkers in this set. Like they they seem to be hinting at things which will have some relevance in the future and don't really have mm-hmm. a lot of impact right now. Yeah, I agree. That seems to be it seems to be the thing. Awesome. So next up, which is Shandra, Fire Artisan. 
two red red for a legendary planeswalker, Chandra. She comes in with four loyalty. As a static ability of whenever one or more loyalty counters are removed from Chandra Fire Artisan, she deals that much damage to target opponent or planeswalker. As a plus one, exile the top card of your library, you may play it this turn. And minus seven, exile the top seven cards of your library, you may play them this turn. So Chandra does Chandra things. Uh, this is a card. Like, it's just an Outpost Siege type thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Outpost Siege, Francis Blasting Cannons, Experiment Frenzy type card, where you get to just, you know, well, it's not it's not as good as Experiment Frenzy, but you get to you know, exile the top card of your library and cast it, or play it, so it lands, you know. Important, and then the minus seven appears to just be the plus one, but more. Which, uh, that... The, the ultimate is just confusing. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, you get to exile seven cards, but then you also do seven damage to your opponent, which is pretty good as well. Yeah, I think the fact that the static ability doesn't, doesn't target creatures kind of lets it down a bit. I think I'd be more interested in that. If, like, So if they wanted to attack it and reduce the loyalty, if she dealt damage to creatures in that situation, I think that'd be interesting. But the fact that it's just a player's or planeswalkers yeah, is maybe, a little but bit... I think the, the kind of deck that you want to play her in is... You know, you're gonna be playing burn spells. You're gonna be going very heavy to the face. You're gonna be swinging in with creatures anyway. So a lot of the time, they're mm-hmm. gonna be incentivized just like to not attack Chandra because they're gonna take too much damage from her. Yeah, sure. That's that's like at the worst, she's four mana deal five to your opponent's face. Better than, uh... better than stoke the flames, right? Because she, she comes down. <laughs> yeah. She comes sure. down. You're gonna plus one, so to put her to five, and then you'd say your opponent gets rid of those five loyalty counters. That's five to their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's just like some kind of top end in the minor red deck, possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, I think so. I mean, is this better than the Experimental Frenzy? Um, I'm not currently, sure. I don't think so. Yeah, currently, I don't think so, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm not particularly excited by this card. Like, it's probably good in a red deck somewhere, but like, it's it's not particularly exciting. Yeah, as far as I, I think it's that thing that we've so. seen from like all of the Gatewatch, pretty much in this set, like. Uh, their cards do what we've seen their cards do a million times before, so they're not particularly exciting, but I do think the vast majority of them are, are just solid cards that we'll see some, some play somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Awesome. Uh, so next up is another one of my favourite cards in the set. Yeah. Uh, we have Khan, the great creator. Uh, so Khan is four uh, generic mana, comes in with five uh, loyalty counters, has a static ability of activated abilities of artifacts for your opponent's control can't be activated. So plus one of until your next turn, up to one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost. And minus two, you may choose an artifact card you own from outside the game or in exile. Reveal that card and put it in your hand. So I've just written on the notes for this in capital letters, Microsynth Lattice. Yes. Uh, so this card was leaked it is now been officially spoiled uh, when this card was initially leaked um, <clears throat> Microsynth Lattice spiked hugely yeah um, went from like because it was it was Microsynth Lattice used to be an expensive card because it's from Darksteel it's a very good commander card but it went from like and then it got reprinted in Battlebond and then it went from like a $4 card to like a $30 card because if you go Khan which has Null Rod Stony Silence text into oh no um, one, one-sided Null Rod Stony Silence text yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then you go into Microsynth Lattice, then your opponent can't do anything with their lands or their creatures or yeah. anything because they're all artifacts and they can't be activated. I don't it's think just, that's good. It's, yeah, it's a two-card combo that locks your opponent out of the game. Yeah, sure. I, yeah. I think, 
I think Khan might be banned in Vintage because of that. Yeah, that's probably reasonable. Yeah, I think... The fact that it's one-sided and the fact that you can probably cast this as early as turn two, right? I mean, you can cast oh, you on cast turn this one. Oh, you turn one, yeah, yeah. You go yeah, Land yeah. Lotus Khan, go. And then yeah, uh, Land Lotus Khan mocks Micros and Flatus or whatever, like Tolarian Academy, like Micros and Flatus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, like, th- this card is ridiculous. I think Khan is, to me, Khan is probably the most exciting slash brew-worthy card in the deck. I think there's there's a lot of text referencing artifacts, referencing artifacts in exile or cards you own from outside of the game. Again, I think that's hints at things that are coming. Uh, he plays nicely with the other Khan, like getting your cards out of exile if you've exiled another artifact with, with Khan. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a bit weird that he that Khan has no rod ability, right? Uh, like, that's, that's, he, he doesn't get himself though. It's 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 yeah. yeah, it's yeah. A strictly it just seems rod. sure, but like in terms of like law, it just seems a little bit strange. Um, but like, so yeah, I think for vintage, this is certainly um, a stupid card. Yeah, and I can see it being very very good. Maybe this is the thing that finally kills shops. It won't be. Um, yeah, but... I, I I think so. That that is a, that is a real strategy though. Like Magnuson Flats Khan is definitely a real strategy. Those cards are mm-hmm. also legal in Modern and Legacy as well. Like, are we going to see a new archetype or new new decks there? Probably not, because you just die on turn four. <laughs> sure, I like, sure. honestly, like, I would have, like, sure, those things are things you can be doing, but if you're going turn four, Khan, turn five, Marcus and Lattice, and you're playing it as, like, humans or Phoenix or Dredge, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Dredge certainly doesn't care about this card, uh, and Marcus and Lattice. Um Like, it's, it's probably, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, like... It, so it turns artifacts into creatures as well. Uh, also, it's it's worth noting in terms of vintage, like it can kill your opponent's Moxon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's target plus one ability is was Khan's Silver Golem. Yeah, like it's target artifact, not target artifact you control, which is you know uh, relevant, I guess. You've already turned off your opponent's marks, but you can kill them. Yeah. Um, so there isn't a lot of artifact synergy in standard currently, um, like at all. There aren't really like you know there aren't any yeah. art decks specifically. Yeah, it's uh, like we have all of these pieces, but just just nothing, nothing quite there. Good enough. Like obviously, other Khan, like Khan's Ironverse, is a card that cares about artifacts. We have stuff like Treasure Map. We have you know plenty of cards that make treasure tokens. And we have Sorcerer Spyglass, and then you know, you have Psy, Master Thopterist. But I just think mm-hmm. there's there's no way to to get sort of full advantage of those cards. Like not like you did with like when you had Paradoxical Outcome. So I think you need some sort of effect like that or like a Hercules recall just to be able to keep replaying your artifacts to really sort of get there with any sort of proper artifact strategy and we just don't have that so that's the thing so like you're just sort of plus wanting in the kind of deck you want it like so in standard like because there's obviously certainly eternal applications and I wouldn't be surprised to see this like in some um, some modern decks some legacy decks some vintage decks yeah Um, it's certainly interesting like potentially as like kind of a top in like a affinity style deck or like the word deck like it's possible because you, you know you get to turn your I don't know your instant bridge to a 3-3 or something like that sure. um, that you then can't attack with yeah exactly it's just a combo um, <laughs> but it's stuff like that you know like and there's certain applications there but in terms of standard like the artifacts don't really exist it sort of protects itself but yeah. it means you have to be playing some artifacts which aren't particularly abundant in the format um uh, like the the minus is it's interesting like you can it means you can especially like in best of one like so we've seen like obviously masterminds acquisition be yeah uh, a sweet best of one card because you just make a wishboard so obviously Khan could do that but specifically with artifacts so you can put like you know 
treasure map and stuff like that in your sideboard. Um, or any, you know, like, I don't know, you can go shoot it for a damping sphere if you need that kind of thing, like, you know. Yeah, um, sure. So that's certainly interesting, but it just, the all, of, all the abilities sort of seem a little bit a little bit at odds with each other. It seems like a Mirrodin card, honestly. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. It seems like a card that should exist on a Mirrodin plane because it stops your opponent's artifacts and then it makes artifacts into creatures and then you go shoot it for artifacts, which on Ravnica or on Dominaria where Kahana's planes walk from, it doesn't seem particularly relevant at all. I mean, Ravnica, you can understand because, you know, the the remnants of the Thran and the Phyrexian invasions and stuff like that. Sure, that makes sense. And it, it's the abilities are very con. They're very, very con-like abilities. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it seems very strange on Ravnica. It seems very strange in this current standard format, but hopefully it's a hint of where we're going in the future. We're going to go to Mirrodin. Yes. Not the, new, next, new not the next one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, the, not the next block, the block after. I think we... Like, it... it it seems like we're being pulled in that direction in terms yeah. of like you like I say all these weird artifact synergies we don't quite have the bulk for. We need so. some like artifact creatures and like some sort of vaguely playable because I mean the playable artifacts we want like, yeah. a chromatic lantern <laughs> like that's really? not a good card to be playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like ironically, like the best artifact is probably the Immortal Sun, and that just turns off Khan's abilities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just seems like I mean, it means like you can minus two and shoot for the Immortal Sun if you want to, because yeah. then Khan just acts as a, an enchantment that stops your opponent's artifacts. Yeah, if that's relevant, and you get to find the Immortal Sun. Yeah. If the Immortal Sun's good, then Khan probably isn't necessary. But yeah. Jesus, this card seems so weird. It is. It's an odd one for sure. Yeah. Cool. So next up we have Ajani the Great Hearted. He's two oh, yeah. green white for legendary planeswalker. Ajani has five loyalty uh, and a static ability of creatures you control have vigilance. As plus one, you gain three life. And minus two, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each other planeswalker you control. I love this card. Yeah, this seems ridiculous, right? I think this this might be like the best of the rare planeswalkers. Yeah, like I just secretly I might stuff. just be the best planeswalker. Yeah, it's just great. Uh, I disagree. I massively disagree with the, with the latter part of that statement. I mean, well, not best planeswalker ever, but like best planeswalker in the set. Like, no, no, no. I definitely agree. I definitely disagree with that. Okay, for sure. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I, I, this card's very, very good. Yeah, I mean, the four, four mana five volley is great. Vigilance and static ability is great for the kind of decks it wants to be played in. Like buffing your planeswalkers and creatures together is ridiculous. And like, he also plays quite nicely with the M nineteen Ajani. Yeah, it's really sweet. It seems yeah. like it's just an absolute slam dunk in both limited and constructed. Yeah, and like the current Slesnia deck probably wants this card. Um, yep. So given the creature's vigilance, is obviously just great because you get to attack and block at the same. I just explained vigilance as a keyword. Yeah. And Jesus then you Christ. get to convoke with them afterwards. Like make a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to attack and then great. make a massive march of the multitudes. Like, sure. Yeah, or like you get to attack with them and then make your venerated loxodon. Yeah. And then you get to minus the Sajani and do like a, a pseudo venerated loxodon impression. You just get to gain life against the Might Red deck, which is just incidental. You're posting it. Um, this card's great. Also, this card, the art on this card, is currently my uh, my phone background. Nice. Because uh, Ajani is my favorite planeswalker, and Sweet. you can't quite see it on this card, unfortunately, because of the border. But the little squirrel that's running next to him. Yeah. I love I love that little guy. <laughs> <laughs> just running into battle with Ajani. Um, yeah, I love this card. I think it's great. Yeah, um, it's I'm, great. I, I think it's going to see a load of constructive play, and I really hope I open one of these in, in Limited. Oh, yeah, it's just great. Um, the fact that it doesn't actually make a creature itself is like a little annoying. But, I mean, you can't ask for much more on like this kind of creature. It's like, yeah, a very good sure. rate. I like um, it a lot. 
Like, imagine if the plus one was just like Mega Two Two Cat. <sighs> yeah, that'd be incredibly busted. Um, yeah, I love this card. I love Ajani. I love the art. It's just this is class. Yeah, big awesome. fan. Uh, so next up then we have Jace, wielder of mysteries. That is Ugh. one blue, blue, blue for a legendary planeswalker, Jace. Has four loyalty. He uh, has a static ability of if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. So plus one, target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard, draw a card. Minus eight, draw seven cards. Then if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. So I think like current iterations of Jace are just paying, excuse me, paying for the sins of um, Jace the Mind Sculptor, right? Sure, maybe. Because pretty much every Jace we've had since, like Architect of Thought was good, and then every, every, every Jace we've had since has been kind of crap. Yeah, agreed. Well, I mean, Vrim's Prodigy was great. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, man, I'm just wrong. But, you know, like, this just seems bad, right? It's just Laboratory Maniac dot Planeswalker. I'm yeah, confused. so I've, I've, I think the... So I really like this card, and I, I think that the reason I like this card is one that just seems to be massively overlooked. Like, the fact that this this is the win condition for the Nexus of Eight deck. Sure. You just, you know... You had that problem where, I mean, the reason they banned Nexus of Eight and Best of One on Arena is you could just cast Nexus of Eight and then that was it. You, nobody would win, nobody would lose, whatever. We've... Like Jace gives you gives you an answer to that. Jace gives you a win condition. You just sit there and cast Nexus over and over and over. All the time you're drawing a card. Eventually you've got no cards left in your library. You win the game. Mm-hmm. This isn't a particularly fun card, right? It's not a fun card at all. But yeah, this... I, I do think it. I do think this is a card that might actually just enable some sort of like mono blue draw go deck. Um, Between like Jace, Counter Magic, Nexus of Fate. Uh, Chemist does insight and like Augurabolus. I, I think there might even just be a deck there. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Like, uh, so it just just does just present a win condition. Like, if you're just dirting about forever. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that's the plan. You, just yeah, draw go counter and everything, draw on all the cards, uh, and then yeah, eventually you get to the point where you get to activate your as counter to find your nexus fate every turn and start casting nexus fates. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also like the plus one, you can just like mill yourself quicker yeah. and stuff like that. So like you get to there quicker. It sounds I mean, horrible there... and really depressing, but it, it, you know it could actually be a thing. Yeah, I mean there is like a self mill strategy there somewhere, right? Yeah, like, there's, sure. there's enough cards to send that actually mill yourself. So this could be like your game plan if you want. Like yeah. there's the wall of lost dreams, lost thoughts, whatever. That card, the because that's target player. Yeah, is it target player or target opponent? Anyway, there's enough cards that like you can mill yourself if that's what you really, really want to do. That doesn't seem very fun. No. It's just seem like a fun like any any way you play this card is not fun for your opponent. It's and not I don't a fun like that card as a at all. It's uh, oh, it's one I'm gonna have a lot of fun myself playing though. Sure, <laughs> but like that's the thing. Like you can have like oppressive and powerful cards that yeah. are still like fun and interesting. Like there's nothing fun or interesting about this card. It's just stupid. Yep, agreed. 100%. I don't like I like and I don't, I don't think we like you know what you should design cards based on how fun they are, but yeah. like. If you're going to make a powerful, like a card that could potentially be playable and win the game, you need to make it like at least a bit interesting because yeah. this just isn't fun at all. Agreed. <laughs> cool. So next up, we have a a newly spoiled one. Uh, this one hasn't been officially previewed yet. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Ugin the Ineffable is is what he's currently being named. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a six mana, uh, six generic mana legendary planeswalker Ugin. Has a stack ability of colorless spells. You cast cost two less. As the plus one, exile the top card of your library face down. You may look at it at any time. Create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When that token leaves the battlefield, put the exile card into your hand. 
has minus three destroy target permanent that is one or more colors he comes in with four loyalty counters so this is interesting yeah um so the plus no so the static ability sorry yeah. is uh basically irrelevant possibly it, like, again it's it, again it's, it's that thing of of like what we've seen on khan and like a, a couple of other cards it really hints towards towards the artifacts colorless spells you cast cost two less that you you play under the assumption that that's going to be artifact right yeah kind of all that can't right yeah but like yeah it's the same thing same conversation when we have we have when we're discussing Khan. like this doesn't seem particularly relevant yet but like there's a potential there um colorless spells aren't particularly important currently in standard um so the plus one is interesting because it's just manifest right yeah like it's like a player it's a player manifest from like when we first saw ugin in freighty forge so like you make a two two which is colorless, like a manifest token, and then it turns into a card when it dies. Like, um, it's interesting. Um, that's kind of cool. I like that because it protects itself, and then you get card advantage when it dies. Um, so you know that's that's certainly not not unimportant. Um, and then the minus three is like <sighs> sure, like it, it, it's a removal spell on a card. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, this certainly isn't exciting. Isn't as exciting as the original Logan, right? Oh, yeah, nowhere near as exciting as the original Logan. Uh, I still, I, I'm still a little excited about it. I think, but I, I think mm-hmm. it is more so for the the, the foreshadowing, I guess, of of a potentially heavy, you know, artifact heavy set or some sort of colorless matter set. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of colorless matters, do you think this is playable in Tron? Because that's obviously like the first no. sort, of, sort of thing you think about. No, no not at all. No, not, not even. Yeah. Like, yeah, like. Uh... It's a steady stream of creatures and card advantage and kills creatures. Like, that doesn't seem unimportant. And then you have, like, a minus. It gives. Uh, makes colorless spells easier to cast. Like, Yeah, but your colorless spells are already fairly easy to cast anyway. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think. I don't think it's. I think it's needed. Like, I think if you. You're doing that thing of like going through the deck and going, oh well, what would I cut to make room for this? I I think there's too mm-hmm. many, too many necessary cards really. Like it's sure. it's not as good. Like you can't cut a Khan Liberated for this. It's nowhere near as good as Khan. You can't cut an Ulamog yep. for this, and yeah, you can't cut an eight mana Rugen for this. And then when you can't cut a worm. Yeah, yeah, you probably can't oh, cut oh. a worm call engine for it. And when mm-hmm. it comes to like, I mean, well, yeah, you're not going to cut walking blister. Uh, when it comes yeah. to the sideboard, like, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I just don't think there's room. Um, so I think, I think this card is interesting. Like, six mana is a lot, but I'm a big fan of cards that just make creatures. Yeah, like planeswalkers, planeswalkers that just make creatures. So like, stuff like Gideon Alexander card that just makes two twos, or like Garrett Glantis that just makes two twos, or, or one ones, stuff like that. Um, I think that's certainly as a plus. Like, it just consistently makes creatures every turn. And they're two twos, and they also turn into actual cards. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that that's certainly interesting. Like, I, yeah. I, that's a very, very powerful effect on a colorless planeswalker, and the fact that it's six mana, like six mana plus make a two two that draws you a card eventually is very, very good. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, it's also I, a removal spell. So I don't think it's a bad card at all. I just, I just don't think, I don't think it's Ugin's time just yet. But I do think it is definitely. Definitely heralding the, the coming of some sort of colorless slash artifact matter set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think this is I think this is very very powerful, and I think the stack ability is just flavor text at this point. Yeah, and sure. This could certainly make waves in standard as soon as it's released because I think I think I think I've changed my mind on it. Like I initially thought it was a little bit underpowered, but like I think th- those two abilities are very very powerful together. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. So next up is another card that we've had uh, spoiled today as Sarkhan the Masterless. So he's three mm. red red for a legendary planeswalker, Sarkhan. Has a static ability of whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, each dragon you control deals one point of damage to that creature. Mm-hmm. And has plus one until end of turn, each planeswalker you control becomes a 4 4 red dragon and gains flying. And minus three, create a 4 4 dragon creature token with flying. It comes in with five loyalty. Do you like dragons? Sarkin loves dragons. Jesus Christ, so many dragons. Yeah. Uh, I. Like- Oh, I, I don't. I don't think this card is is good enough yet for competitive standard play. But I absolutely love this card. I love the fact <sighs> that he turns himself and all other planeswalkers you control into dragons. That's it. Yeah. It's so silly. It's great. I just. Why does he have to do the dragon thing? Sarkin was a character with depth, right? He was an interesting character, and now he's just like, oh, he likes dragons. He turns into dragons. Well, Wait. yeah, I mean, he, he he was, first he was angry, and then he was mad, and then he found dragons, and then, I guess, that's his thing now, right? Sarkin Dragon Boy. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, sure. Yeah, like, it's fun, like, if you're playing some kind of, like, weird playing, like, Super Friends, Super Friends Brew, like, it's yeah. a sweet win condition, just turn them on to four fours and kill your opponent. Um, makes a dragon, you know... Does something when dragon dragons you control deal damage when something happens? Like it does dragon things. It's like it could be a reasonable top end in a red deck. Yeah, like for a slightly, sure. a, a slightly bigger mono red aggro deck, something like that. Like yeah, the, you can, uh, like it comes down your minus three, so he protects himself. Plus that mm-hmm. that dragon's doing five points of damage with the, with the one point of visibility as well. Yeah, so absolutely. That's not really relevant. Um, no, not at all. Uh, uh, like I think because what was the what was the Sarkin from Kanzatake called? Uh, Sarkin Dragon Dragon Speaker. Yeah, he was yeah. amazing. Yeah, like it's something. It's similar, like similar to that, right? It just it could just be a top end, like a sort of aggro mid range deck yeah, kind of thing. Sure. Or maybe there is even just a, just a dragon deck. Like we've got a few dragons in standard currently, and this Sarkin does actually play quite nicely with uh, Sarkin Fireblood as well from M nineteen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Turn him into a four four dragon. Yeah, and and he'll attack straight away. Mm-hmm. You have like Lathless, I guess, Dragon Queen yeah, from yeah. the 19 as well. You know, there's dragons, there's yeah, dragons. Yeah. Sheevan Dragon. Sheevan Dragon is always standard legal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Imagine a world where <laughs> Sheevan Dragon's playable and standard. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, but this is certainly not the card that makes that happen. Um, uh, this card's fine. Yeah. Um, like, I don't particularly care. <laughs> yeah, same. I, know I, the- I, don't, I don't think he's going to see. Any play really, but I, yeah, I just think the card's hilarious, and I love it for that. Just like topless dragon boy, that's fine. <laughs> so interesting to see that he, he's now back to being mono red from the the teamer who was last time we saw him chronologically. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for a red white Sarkin to see all the you know all the colours of the wind, yeah. but unfortunately no, he's just mono red or an old mono red. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So next up we have. Ah, probably the card that's going to annoy me the most uh, for the next 10 to 12 months of, of standard Yep, is Gideon mm-hmm. Blackblade so Gideon is another card that hasn't officially been previewed yet uh, but we do have a, have a leak and we think it's it's probably pretty relevant to talk about it right? Mm, definitely uh, it is one white white for legendary planeswalker Gideon as a static ability of as long as it's your turn Gideon Blackblade is a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible, that's still a planeswalker and uh, has prevent all damage that would be dealt to Gideon Blockblade during your turn. 
has plus one up to one other target creature you control of uh, gains your choice of vigilance, lifelink, or indestructible till end of turn. Has minus six exile target non land permanent, and it comes in with four loyalty. What the hell is this card? Uh, it's just like they've taken like the most annoying parts of all the Gideons and smashed it together into one card, and I hate it. <laughs> this card, this card's goddamn absurd. Like, this is so powerful as a card. Yeah. So it's a three mana. It's a three mana four four with indestructible. Yep. Right. That's good. So yeah, three mana four four with indestructible. That's a good card. And during your turn, prevent all damage that will be dealt to it. Yeah. And then also, as a plus ability, yeah. give something else either vigilance, lifelink, or indestructible. Yeah. So make something else indestructible. And then just randomly minus six exile target non permanent. That doesn't matter. That's like that'll rarely be relevant. Yeah. So this is absurd. This is just a Gideon. This is like a typical Gideon thing. Like. It's a creature. It turns into a creature. It it's, works well yeah, with other creatures. It's a, it's a three mana Gideon. It's going to see extensive play. I'm probably gonna, I'm going to pick up as many copies of this as I can. Like they're going to they're going to start pre-selling at like thirty dollars. Yeah, like this absolutely. is going to be expensive. I believe. So we, we currently only have the picture of the Mythic Edition, right? Yeah. I believe this is a rare because it only has two activate abilities. I would. I'd, I'm not sure. Um, the fact that like we don't have a white rare Planeswalker either currently. Yeah, that that would hint right. that hinted at being a rare, but mm-hmm. I, I think the power level is the power level is is ridiculous, right? I feel like it, oh, it has the, to be a mythic power level. The the power level is certainly mythic, and I think like the lore and stuff, the fact that it's Gideon Blackblade, yeah, makes it sound mythicy. But I'm pretty sure it's rare. Yeah, what what um, what's with that Gideon Blackblade? Like, did he marry the sword? <laughs> Name Gideon Blackblade now, not Gideon Jura, like. <laughs> I mean, his name wasn't Mr. even Gideon Jura to begin with. It was like <laughs> Mr. Mr. Bartlett. Yeah, he's he's married the Blackblade. <laughs> That's a good joke. Um, yeah, this card's absurd. So, like, I, I'm a big fan of like I hate Gideon as a character. Yeah, like I just hate him. I think he's a nod. But um, like, I'm a big fan of Gideon cards. Um, Gideon is some of my favorite Planeswalker cards to play. Yeah, so like a big fan of Gideon, Gideon Alexander which I'm pretty sure was legal in standard for about five years, right? Yeah, about five years too long. <laughs> that card was just a forever in standard. Uh, but I currently, I currently play that in, in Legacy, in, in the sideboard of my Maverick deck. Yeah. Because it's just great, because it just runs away with the game, because you're constantly making two twos, and then you get to smash him with a 4-4. Four four. Yeah. I think this is a, this, the fact that this is a three mana is like certainly important, and it also gives your other creatures, like you can give it lifelink if you need that, you can give it vigilance if you also need to block, and you can give it indestructible if you just need it to just smash through your opponent. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what's a really just, cute but also absolutely horrible interaction? Go on. Helm of the Host and Gideon Blackblade. E Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's that's disgusting. Yeah. That's something that's, that I feel like it's, it's probably going to show up on like against the odds or something, but that's it could actually be a thing, right? Yeah, because then you just get to activate the other Gideon as well, yeah. and get to give the, the other Gideon vigilance or lifelink or whatever you want to do. Oh, giving it vigilance doesn't really do anything. Um, no, but you activate. So you activate that, and then you act. So you activate the copy, and can you use the copy to give the other one vigilance? I, I, yeah, it's there's just so yeah. many horrible things you can do. Yeah, I um, hate this it. Card's very, very it's going to see a lot this, of play. The card is amazing. It's in, yeah, it's incredibly efficient. Um, I'm a big fan. It's gonna like it, it runs away with the game if you leave it. If you don't like kill it. Yeah. Sure, it still dies to like Rascal's Contempt, um, but like. Whatever. <laughs> that's, that's always, that was always going to be the case. I'm, I love this card. I think it's going to be horrible <laughs> for, <laughs> for constructive play. Um, yeah, like 
it's really really good obviously yeah like I said I'm, I'm going to be sick of this card in like 6 to 8 months time definitely yeah, however the- a card I won't be sick of up next we have Nicol Bolas Dragon Guard hell yeah he is blue black 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 red for a legendary planeswalker Nicol Bolas uh, sorry legendary planeswalker Bolas just Bolas just Bolas uh, Nicol Bolas Dragon Guard has all loyalty abilities of all other planeswalkers on the battlefield of course he does. Yes, that includes that Gideon that we just talked about. Uh, <laughs> plus one, draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control. It's Khan liberated, but better, sure. Yep. Minus three, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Minus eight, each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game. The Comes in card? with four loyalty. This is absurd. Um, that's obviously this is absurd because it's it's Nicobolus and yes. he's a god now. Yeah. So the the story's been ruined. He achieves godhood. Um, so I know you're a big fan of this Matacos because it contains three skulls. Yeah. So you can the, like, better, you know, the right amount of skulls. <laughs> three exactly three. <laughs> uh, this card's incredibly powerful. It's very hard to cast, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think if you resolve it, you're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, that's the thing. Like, is it is it hard to cast? I think in limited, it's going to be ridiculous, nigh on impossible because there just doesn't appear to be any fixing at all in in this limited environment. There's no guild gates. Like we've seen the basic lands. Yeah. But I think like in constructed, it doesn't seem that much of a push. Like between all of, like the dual lands you've got. Sure. Yeah. Like. It, uh... Being able to cast this card doesn't seem like too much of a push. Yeah, in, um, it doesn't seem like a problem at all. Um, so this card's very, very good, right? Yeah. So plus one draw a card is always good. And also your opponent like discards a card. Like they exile the card. the card, yeah. They don't discard, they exile. And also if they have no cards in hand, they have to exile a permanent, permanent. Yeah. <laughs> control yeah. as a plus. <laughs> um and then your minus three destroy a creature or planeswalker is obviously very very good yeah. relevant ability on all planeswalkers that have it and then the <laughs> ultimate literally says that they lose the game I imagine like that's going to be less relevant because planeswalkers and legendary creatures are, like often a big part especially with this big influx of planeswalkers um, yeah. so that's not always going to be a kill but like also I don't know I'm not going to discuss the static ability because that's too impossible to evaluate. <laughs> that's just silly. Well, I mean, we we, we can't really not talk about the uh, the obvious one. Yeah. Nickel Bolas Dragon God with a Jace cunning castaway on the field. You just make infinite copies of Nickel Bolas. Yes, that seems good. Yeah. And then destroy the entire board. Yeah. Yeah, make infinite um, copies of Nickel yeah. Bolas and then plus one them all. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, my, minus three half of them to destroy all your opponents. No, no, you, you do that with a plus one because they're, eventually they're going to run out of cards in their hand. And, oh, yeah. and then they have to a permanent. They have to exile their permanence. Yeah, sure. It's interesting, like to note that it's it's all loyal, loyal, loyalty abilities, so yeah. it doesn't include the static abilities, right? So it's only the activated abilities. That is true. Yeah, the ones that require loyalty payments. Um, I'm not going to go into depth on that. That's probably going to be busted at some point. Probably it's, maybe it's not going to be busted. Maybe this just looks really cool because I love this card. I, I obviously I'm a big. I'm 100% team bowlers. Yeah. Don't even care. Yeah. Like I know Johnny's my favorite my favorite planeswalker, but bowlers forever. Yeah. Plus, can we talk about the art on this card? The art's absurd. Yeah. It's so nice. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I love everything about this card. I love the fact that he's a dragon god now. I love yeah. the mana cost. I love all the abilities. Um. It's it's a ridiculous card. So either this is going to be like the like this is the thing because I look at it and go that's broken and like it can't be that broken. They must have thought about it. They wouldn't have printed a card this good if it wasn't like reasonable. I mean, you know, this card's going to be playable. 
for it. Oh yeah, I, I think it is. I think it's as good as it looks. Like I really do. The problem, the only problem it currently has is it doesn't seem to really fit in with standard as it currently exists. Yeah, like Grixis isn't particularly, it isn't a, like a, a deck or anything. So finding a home for this might be difficult, but I'm sure if you've had a card this powerful, like building around it is perfectly reasonable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I mean, you already have like another nickel bolus already. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are definitely things like, you can do. Like you have Thief of Sanity and stuff. Like you have some blue black cards that you want to be playing. So like shifting to a red splash for this card seems okay, and you still have like other cards in those colors that you want to be playing. Yeah. Um, and this card's really good. <laughs> surprisingly, surprisingly, Nickel Bowlers, the guard, is quite good. <laughs> yeah. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Awesome. So mm-hmm. moving on, we have uh, we have our buyer box promo card that is Tesseret, mm. Master of the Ridge, four blue black free. Five loyalty legendary planeswalker Tezzeret has a, an interesting static ability. Creature mm-hmm. and planeswalker spells you cast have affinity for artifacts. Sure. Uh, plus two Tezzeret master of the bridge deals X damage to each opponent where X is the number of artifacts you control. You gain X life. Minus three return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. And minus eight exile the top ten cards of your library. Put all, uh, all artifact cards from among them onto the battlefield. So some more artifact synergies that don't already that don't currently exist. Yeah. Um, so this seems like a commander card, right? Yeah. It's a commander for sure. card. Yeah. Um, like, there's a possibility for like a standard artifact deck, um, like there have been for like you know all the cards we've mentioned that have artifact related text. Um, this is a powerful card. Like all of its abilities are very very powerful. I don't think it currently fits in anywhere. Yeah, I, I agree there, hundred percent. I just, it's like. It's like we've got all of the signs pointing at something, but we haven't got the thing that the signs are pointing at yet. Yeah, exactly. Like it feels like a. I don't know if we were still on Kaladesh, then this would be very, very powerful. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like we have more artifacts. Like, we have some vehicles now in standard. You know, more vehicles are being printed. We have stuff like the Immortal Sun and stuff like that. Like you know, it, artifacts aren't irrelevant, but. Um, I, I don't know. It's an interesting card. It's, it still seems like a commander card. So I'm going to ask this question purely to annoy you and to get your get a rant out of you. So is this playable in um, Were Prison or Lantern Control in Modern? Nope. Six mana is just too much for a card that you can't cast from from a Were Invention. Like you can't shoot the deck. And mm-hmm. like the other Tesserets they're playing already, you're just better for sure. like what those decks want to do. So I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just I don't even think it's a consideration at six mana. Yeah, I think it's it would be nice to see some standard play eventually when we do get that whatever this artifact thing is. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, I can't see him being played outside of commander anytime anywhere soon. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So um, should we move on to our final planeswalker? Yeah, I'm very excited about this one. Yeah, so our last planeswalker uh, is Liliana, Dread Horde General. It's four black mm-hmm. black for a legendary planeswalker, Liliana. She comes into play with six loyalty counters. Uh, has a static ability of whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. So plus one, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Minus four, each player sacrifices two creatures. On minus nine, each opponent chooses the permanent they control of each permanent type and sacrifices the rest. So this card's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is the best planeswalker. Ooh. This is my call for best planeswalker. Okay, okay. It's incredibly powerful. So it's six mana. Um, it protects itself, so it makes a zombie. As yep. we expect Liliana's to do at this point, and then when that when that zombie token dies because it's blocking, you're, you're gonna get a draw a card. 
the minus sacrificing two creatures is certainly very important. Like, there's a lot of go-wide strategies currently, but like being able to, having your opponent sacrifice two creatures is um, certainly backbreaking in a lot of instances. Absolutely. And the minus nine wins the game, I guess. <laughs> so it seems very very reminiscent of um, six mana Elspeth from Theros. Yeah. Six mana Planeswalker comes in with a higher loyalty, makes a creature to protect itself, and then has other abilities that you definitely want to use. Yeah. Um, and then it, its ultimate normally wins the game. Um, one interesting point about this is that um, if you cast it in Commander after a doubling season, uh, your opponents hate you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's choose a permanent to their control of each permanent type, which includes lands. Yeah. So you get to like pseudo Armageddon and also Wrath Aboard, yeah. um, which is kind of stupid. So the fact that you can immediately ultimate after a doubling season is uh, stupid. But it's kind of very, very good. I think it's going to see a lot of standard play. Um, I think black control or mid range decks definitely want this. Um, it's a very, very good card. I think I think it's the most powerful of the of the Planeswalkers we've we've seen, which is nearly all of them. Yeah, I I don't think she's quite the most powerful, but I think she might just be be one of the most playable definitely i think to me she really reminds me of, of Liliana of the veil vale in the way that she's just this like fantastic like value generating creature like a planeswalker like it's gonna mm-hmm. this card alone is gonna win you the game whether or not that's through the ultimate it like it's, it's kind of irrelevant really like that making a 2-2 zombie to protect itself it's great uh you use the minus four like you can you can make that one-sided like you said like yeah you chump with a zombie and then the two creatures your opponent have like they have to sacrifice those then after you've mm-hmm. you've minused then you play your creature i think there's so many ways to make the effects one-sided i i think it's great i think it's just a really fantastic uh, very valuable creature uh, sorry planeswalker uh but yep. I, I think out of all of them though like Nicol Bolas is, is just absurd. I do think he is. Oh, yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. I do really think he is as good as he looks. And also Gideon Blackblade. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's definitely one of the three, though, for, for the most think, powerful Planeswalker in the set. Which I guess well, I think, is also one flavour, right? Yeah, that's the kind of the point of the, of the storyline, right? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Liliana, the fact that she wins the game by herself... I think that's that's the thing. You play her on turn six, and if, if you don't have anything else going on, it's very likely that you win the game from there because you get to wipe part of your opponent's board out. Yeah. Then you get to keep making threats in two twos, and then when they die, you get to draw cards. Like that's it. it it's it, it has the potential to win the win the game by itself, like Elspeth Sun's Champion did. Um, whereas these other players, because like you were saying about Johnny, Johnny's very very good, but it needs other stuff going on. Yeah. It needs to have creatures in play. Uh, Gideon is fine, but like it's just a like efficient 3-mana 4-4 four, four, with nothing else going on uh, Nicol Bolas like doesn't doesn't keep you in the game by itself because your opponent can still top deck a creature and start attacking you um, Liliana just does everything by herself like yeah, for sure. has the ability to win the, win the game just as a card as you resolve her yeah because um, even, even Bolas like needs other stuff going on right like needs creatures to protect her or whatever because yeah. Even if you're making the max all cards and destroying their creatures, they still have the ability to, to top deck and make make stuff. And he can't destroy two creatures in a row. He has to minus them plus. Um, Unless and the fact that has she, Liliana on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but the fact that Liliana goes on like you, you cast her plus one and she's at seven loyalty yeah. is like incredibly important. Um, yeah, this this card's very very good, and yeah. I think it is certainly the most playable of the the, the planeswalkers, and probably. Sure, not the most powerful in the vacuum, but like the most, certainly the most playable, and will win the most games. I think is better than Nickel Bolas. Sure, I, that's I think that's, I think that's a fair evaluation. Definitely. Yeah. I, I still think 
as far as most playable goes, I think I think Gideon probably probably does one up Liliana there slightly, um, just because he already yeah, has sure. he already has a very powerful deck just to slot into just really nicely. Um, I agree. But yeah, I, I do think you make a strong argument for, for the card being quite possibly the best Planeswalker in the set. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's really, really good, and um, it's going to be everywhere, Yeah, 100%. Awesome. So it's been, it's been a long show. Uh, thank you for Ooh. sticking sticking through our probably horrendously inaccurate Planeswalker evaluations. Hey man, we made some good jokes along the way, that's yeah, what counts. Yeah, for sure. That, that's what counts, right. Uh, we've had mm-hmm. 36 Planeswalkers, so we, at the time of recording we still have one that we're waiting for. Uh, which Narset. Be Narset. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping she's going to be awesome. She's had some pretty cool, interesting cards in the past. Looking yep. forward to seeing what her new take is going to be like. But that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch for whatever reason, tell us about your favourite Planeswalkers in the set. Uh, if you want to you know, grieve along with us for the the tragic, tragic loss of Dark Fade and killed in oh the trailer. God. Not even in the set. <laughs> oh my god. Why why'd they have to do Dark like that? You need to get over it, man. Come on. If you if you want to show solidarity with me, get in touch with us on, on you can hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> we are at HFDcast, Facebook.com slash Hour of Devastation. We're also on Patreon as well. If you do want to give back for any reason or anything you've enjoyed in the show uh, anything we we get back at all really sort of sort of helps us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, obviously, we don't do it for any sort of want of monetary gain or whatever. But anything that you do contribute just helps to helps with the the continuous running of the show. It's, it's something that we will put that money towards good use. We've got some cool ideas, I think, uh, for for the future for sure. Uh, you can get us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Hour of Devastation. Uh, give us a little as $1 a month. That's approximately $0.25 cents per episode. Uh, right up to $20 if you want to come onto this podcast yourself and just tell us why we're wrong about pretty much everything. <laughs> or you can get us on our personal social media. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at PeachGardenOaf. That's Oaf of an F. On Facebook, you'll find me as Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups. Just look and you'll find me. Yep, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Snail69. Nice. Thank you. Um, magic and other stuff, um, which has been quite contentious recently, but I won't go into it here. Uh, don't find me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll do. Awesome. Uh, so once again, the Godfire has returned. Finally, he's back on Ravnica. It's finally sure a it's god. the dragon god. The dragon, yeah, the, the dragon god has returned. Uh, we are approaching the, uh, the third hour the third set of Ravnica. We'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. Bye.